Hey everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Tara. Greetings citizens. I dropped the adjective from the introduction because I, I kept trying to think of new ones and after a while they stopped being safe. Like I'm going to get hit from <laughs> some of them and I don't want to do that so uh, I would be nice. Mm -mm. You're not Connor. I don't want to insult you. Thank you. <laughs> You're not Tim. I don't want to insult you. No I'm not. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't like insulting Tim that goats much. Goats are cute, though. Goats are alright. Yeah. Well, look forward to the goat scene in this one. So, we are here <laughs> to talk about Jurassic Park, because this was the winner of the most recent Patreon vote every month on patreon.com slash TV. Uh, our patrons vote between four films and for this vote we actually had four kind of biggies there were all four films that start off franchises uh, we had jurassic park star wars robocop and planet of the apes uh, the idea being that we finished the terminator franchise we did all of those movies and the build up to dark fate so we wanted to start another franchise that we could sort of gradually pick off maybe one at one one per month kind of thing and jurassic park was the winner so this is what we're going to do um bit of a surprise to be honest yeah, sometimes the patrons surprise you. Sometimes they, they pick something that's, you know... Sometimes I definitely thought, I mean, with the Rise of Skywalker around the corner, I, I definitely thought it would be Star Wars. Well, if you think back to the top one or top 50 movies that were voted for by our patrons, Star Wars, I mean, it was fairly high, but it wasn't, like, a lot of, like, community votes that will do, like, best movies, like, typically Star Wars will be, like, number one, two, and three, because Star Wars fans are relentless. <laughs> <laughs> sure but all three of the originals were on the top 50 list sure. but jurassic and park was that's also. not the case for jurassic park it's just one film this is true this is true but i guess our audience at least at least all the people in the five dollar tiering up in the page patreon.com are all bigger jurassic park fans or at least well, all you guys who wanted star wars this is why you should be five dollar tier now <laughs> there you go sell it sell it yes uh so that's the science fiction movie podcast i don't think i mentioned that already but we talk about a science fiction film every week and as mentioned jurassic park is what we're going to talk about uh so we'll start spoiler free i guess of this jurassic park <laughs> who's watching jurassic park <laughs> yeah i know it's funny because you were kind of chit-chatting before we started recording about how neither of us really needed to watch this movie again. <laughs> no, I guess I mean that was probably true for Terminator One and Two as well. But like, I think like uh, it's always worth rewatching because sometimes you do pick up on a couple of little things you may not have remembered. And there's definitely even in Jurassic Park, mm -hmm. there's a couple of moments that I'm going to mention that I'd forgotten about, or a couple of lines that I'd forgotten about um, that I haven't quite memorized yet <laughs> in terms of the film. <laughs> but like. Um, I think even less so than uh, with because I think Terminator One and Two, even though I've seen them just as much as Jurassic Park, because I've been watching them religiously since childhood, those are maybe more dense with ideas than Jurassic Park is. Because Jurassic Park's a bit more of a straightforward adventure monster kind of thing. And that's There's not, some themes in there, but yeah, yeah it, it it turns into a monster film pretty I, quickly. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is with with Terminator, like as I've gotten older and watched it again and again with you know more mature eyes and analyzed it. I have discovered what mm -hmm. the film is really about as I've got grown up. Whereas Jurassic Park, well, there's a little bit of depth there that's kind of like hinted at just for the sake of giving the characters a little bit of meat. F for the most part, it's exactly the same movie I liked when I was four. <laughs> like, it's, it's not yeah. really changed much in my eyes. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's that. But, um, and I should mention, because it's relevant to what I just said there, Jurassic Park is the first movie I ever saw in a theatre. Uh, 1993, I was four years old. 
and I went to see this because I like dinosaurs. And I say that as if I went on my own. My my parents took me because <laughs> I like dinosaurs. <laughs> and I have fun memories. I also I have fun memories of also watching it premiere on network TV on Christmas Day, two years later. Yeah, that was a big deal too. Yeah, when it would come to TV. Because for a long time, you know, we couldn't just watch whatever we wanted. We had to wait. <laughs> yeah, you could run videos from the, the video store, but like. It wasn't like I was making And they were sure to have Jurassic Park. Yeah. But it's not like I was the one making it. You have the... to get a parent to take you. And yeah, <laughs> and this is the thing. Like when I got to a certain age and I had enough pull, I mean I mean no, that's not really true. Cause it... But by the time I had enough pull I could just rent things on my own. Um mm-hmm. but like you know, when I was that age, it's like if I tried to say to my mother, like, hey, I want to go uh, the video store, I want to rent this First of all, there's a limit to how much I'm allowed to rent because she's not going to spend a fortune. Because I, I, I would literally, if I had the option at that age, I'd have been renting movies every day. And oh yeah, movies were my life when I was a kid. Yeah, and two, if I said I wanted a movie that she knew I'd seen already, she'd be like, "Oh, piss off! You've seen it." Like that, that'd have been the the response. Like you're not renting something you've already seen. So doesn't get it. She just doesn't get it. No. Uh, and this this is a woman who likes like three movies and she watches them over yeah, and over again. Yeah, my parents are the same way, or my mother's the same way too. Oh. When the Sixth Sense came out, it's the only <laughs> movie that was ever on TV for like a year. I'll tell you. I and then t- Despicable Me came out, and just the cycle continued. Now there's no new movies. I, I can I can name all the movies. She likes the Lethal Weapon series. She likes the first Die Hard. She likes Home Alone, and she loves Grease. And I think that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's a solid list. Um, <laughs> um, and I think a lot of those are mainly to do with an attraction to a certain age of Mel Gibson and or Bruce Willis, yeah. <laughs> uh, if I'm honest. Which I don't like to think about because, no, my mother is completely non-sexual in any way, shape or form. She, she did it once to make the best human being that was ever created and that's the only time it ever happened and I will not hear anything to the contrary. I was a tube baby. <laughs> I was in a test tube. I was, I was growing a lab. <laughs> there was there was no period the only sex. thing that makes sense in my mind. <laughs> That's why my sister looks so much different from me. There was an accident. Things build. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I I think I'd like to share also the. Um, I remember going to see this in the theater. I'm slightly older than you, but not by much. I was going to say it. I was going to say it. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I was still a child. (laughs) And I, Jurassic Park. At heart. I, (laughs) (laughs) I remember going to see the theater and it was such a a life-changing experience. And when I got out of the movie, it was the movie that made me, become a movie fan because I wanted to know everything about how it got made. It was so much wonder. I'd never seen anything like that before, clearly. And um, like, I wanted to watch everything that Spielberg had ever done. I wanted to see everything that Sam Neill was in or, or uh, Jeff Goldblum was in and anything connected to Jurassic (laughs) Park. I wanted to own and love. And it was the movie that made, like I was a movie fan before, I guess, but it really made me put away my Beauty and the Beast stuff and hide it in a box in the closet. <laughs> I became a changed girl from that point. Like, I was all grown up after Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I had Jurassic Park everything. I had backpack and pencil case and pogs. I had Jurassic Park pogs. 
I, I didn't play with those though because they're uh, I couldn't run the risk of losing them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I had Jurassic Park memorabilia. At least not if I did, not much. But I, I think. I had a lot of dinosaur toys because of the age I was, but I don't think there were specific Jurassic Park toys. I think it was. Did just... you have the one where like the, like the piece of flesh came out and it revealed like bone underneath the dinosaur, like because like nah. you could take the the raptor or the T Rex and it would bite into like a stegosaur. I think where no. I really started getting toys, it was maybe just after that when Power Rangers was my thing, and I remember I, I remember vividly having all the Zords of Power Rangers mm. and various things, but. Um, I didn't have any of the Jurassic Park toys. The closest thing I had was I had a ton of Legos, and they didn't have Jurassic Park Legos, but I built my own Jurassic Park. Out that's of Legos. so weird. They have Lego of everything now. Like the th- the they thought, do, yeah. The the thought of not having Jurassic Park Lego, which because I, I associate Jurassic Park with no, Lego. I had to use like a bunch of castle and like pirate pieces to make it. But like I and, associate... like my Velociraptor was red. I think it's because <laughs> of the video games. Because of Lego video games, but what Lego Jurassic Park was one of the earlier ones of those they did. So I kind of associate Jurassic Park as being one of the main things that Lego do. Star Wars being the first, but Jurassic Park being kind of, you know, next <laughs> on the list. So yeah, that's weird. Well, I mean, they only had the one Jurassic Park. They had, like you said, a lot of Star Wars, and they have a couple of Indiana Jones. Um, they have all the rings. They have all of Batman and DC. Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Lego Batman's the best series. Yeah, Lego it's Batman. my favorite game. Series. Good. <laughs> Lego Batman specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um Jurassic Park was okay. That was a good one. Yeah. I I do find the games a little bit repetitive, but they are fun. Uh once They're in a like while. comfort food for video games. Yeah. I mean Just that... sit down, play through a level that has a lot of jokes based on a property that you love. Because they have to make everything G-rated, and sometimes it's really funny. But the T-Rex, when it goes to eat a guy, instead of him being eaten, like, he roars, and you can see the guy, like, brushing the T-Rex's teeth. Like, oh, he's just helping him out. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. Okay, that's inventive. That's an inventive way of doing it. I can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Jurassic Park. Early part of my childhood, and one that I've seen... I- I've actually seen it three times in the theaters, um, only once as a kid. Only once when it first came out. I saw it twice. Did you see the 3D? I didn't see it in 3D. I saw it twice when it was re-released for the 20th anniversary in 2013, uh, which was not planned. I saw it twice because I had two different groups of friends, and after I'd seen it once, the other group wanted to go, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Um, mm. Stress Park, why not? Yeah, because I, I assume. I think I saw it a couple times in the theater because I, I think I just went back and saw it again, but mm. I don't. I never saw any of the re-releases. I never, I didn't see it in 3D, which I, I was sort of tempted by, but I, I've never really been in, on board with the whole 3D nah. thing. Nah. 3D is something... I, see, I saw Avatar in 3D. I saw like one or two other films. And that then, was fun, because that was like a ride. Yeah. Well, Avatar was made properly with 3D cameras, and I know there's been a few since that have been as well, but after a couple of the dodgy conversions, I was like, you know what? I just don't like 3D that much. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I prefer 2D. <laughs> yeah. It's easier on the eyes, and I don't know. Um, the Hobbit made everybody sick. Not me. I liked it, but yeah. Well, it made me sick, but right. not because of the, the visuals. <laughs> it just made me sick because it was terrible. <laughs> oh come on! The Hobbit's not a good trilogy. We're not here to talk about that. I mean, I, I will let you fight. I'm me. a Hobbit defender, but <gasps> not the third one. 
Uh, not so much the third one. The third one's definitely a mess. Yes, thank you. But it's, <laughs> but when you think about like the situation, I just I didn't I didn't want you to I didn't the behind wa- the scenes stuff. It's amazing the movies are as good as they are. I didn't want to have to write you off completely. <laughs> Which if you defended the third I one, I am a Hobbit defender. I may have had to, but okay, fine. You're a Hobbit defender. Everyone has their flaws. Robocop. You do love Robocop. <laughs> Robocop's great. Um, so See, they balance each other out. <laughs> Uh, if we're going by runtime, you need at least Robocop, Predator, and Terminator. I, I, we, we, we need a few movies to balance out versus The Hobbit. <laughs> I guess if you're doing the extended editions, sure. <laughs> oh, I never saw the extended editions. The theatrical cuts were more than more than I ever needed of The Hobbit. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised I saw all three of them, to be honest. I, but that's a story for another day. So... Yeah, Jurassic Park. Uh, John Hammond is played by Richard Attenborough, and he has he has developed a park on an island near Costa Rica, uh, where he has developed dinosaurs via DNA that's been trapped inside mosquitoes that have been trapped in amber and fossilized for millions of years, and he invite, invites a couple of because uh, 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 Ellie's a different profession actually. Now I think about it, she's like a paleobotanist there you go uh she knows plants there you go but he makes a couple of experts because he wants to he used to get people to sign off on the park and say that it's a good idea and safe and whatever for the investors and yeah 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 because yeah. uh, br- there was an incident yes it brings a lawyer uh who brings uh jeff goldblum's character who's a bit more of a edgy <laughs> like you know Rock scientist star. yeah and they come to the island to experience the sort of the, the almost the sort of the beta run of the park, the test run, and uh, because of some industrial espionage from Newman of Seinfeld, <laughs> Wayne Knight, um, <laughs> Newman. <laughs> Although I actually, because I didn't see Seinfeld till I was older, I actually knew him more from Third Rock from the Sun first, which is also a wonderful show. Oh, Don. Yeah, well, he's much more likable than that. Oh, Don. Yeah. My favorite running gag on that show is that Sally is like so overly attracted to him, but there's that one episode where he goes on a date in like a regular like shirt, and she's just not interested at <laughs> not all. Not wearing the uniform. And he and he realizes that the only thing that works is wearing the uniform, so he just always wears his uniform now from that point on. Yeah. He never he says, takes it off. It means I am never taking this uniform <laughs> off again. Great. <laughs> 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 oh, good. Uh, so we got that, uh, and one of the know, best TV couples, I think. Yeah, I won't argue with that. I won't argue with that. Yeah, good. I actually really like Dick and Mary as well. <laughs> I like Dick. I like Dick and Pam. Or uh, Jim and Pam. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to say Dick and Mary. I like Dick and Mary as well from that show, which is why I said. Dick. Yeah, they are great. So we have the island set up. They all come to the island, and uh, because of some industrial espionage, uh, the, the electric fences go down, other systems go down and chaos ensues that may or may not involve a T-Rex and a few velociraptors and chompy chompy everyone has to run uh, Gur are dinosaurs <laughs> and John Williams takes us through on a magical journey with some brass and strings <laughs> indeed he does yes I mean, um, Spielberg knows how to shoot Wonder, but John Williams knows how to score it. Arguably even better than Spielberg knows how to shoot it. Probably. 
I mean, what is he without John Williams? We should watch some of those scenes just in silence to see if it works. <laughs> I feel like it'll be quite awkward just watching the 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 Brachiosaurus just kind of like you know. Now you need the brass, you need the brass going along with it. Uh, so um, this is an obvious question. I don't know why I'm even asking it in this one, but it's the format, damn it, Tara. Do you enjoy? Yeah. Jurassic Park. Of course I do. I love this movie. I, I I know there are flaws in it, and I don't care. <laughs> I should have re- I should have rephrased that. Actually, I should have said, "Dear dear Miss Tara, do you enjoy yes. Jurassic Park?" <laughs> I do. See what I'm doing? Although I have some problems with your creation. My what, Mister Hammond? <laughs> Do you know what's funny? You've been joking for months and months. Ever like basically the night we started speaking to each other when we were doing Twilight Zone, you've been joking about how I sell John Hammond. And I always like to tell the Scottish people I do, or even other British people I do, but clearly it's close enough for you <laughs> that it sounds like I'm John Hammond. When I do you John do. Hammond lines. Well you also kinda of look like him. I do, I do. I'm wearing the white shirt intentionally so that I've got John Hammond's outfit on. And yeah. Similar hairline, got a beard. I'm going to look like him when I'm older. There's no no, no denying it. Um, and that's you okay. are a young Richard Attenborough. So, yes. Uh, but as I was watching it, because you've been making those jokes, and I've been doing the hello John, hello John, hello. and Joe, you know it's that's been such a thing Nailed with it. us. Is that when that hello John moment came up during the, the video, I started laughing <laughs> because oh, that's such a thing that we've made that a thing for us. That's like a personal joke now that I couldn't help but watch that and laugh. Um, but as I was watching it, like every so often they'd have a line. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna see if I can nail that later. <laughs> I'll see if I can nail that one. <laughs> I know a way around the kitchen. Um, we've been saving that for today. I guarantee it. Oh, it's perfect. Hammond <laughs> <laughs> is so optimistic and happy, though. Oh, you yes. have to work on that part. <laughs> How dare you? Come on, I'll, I'll try. Oh. Come on. Well, look, when you put me next to Connor, I am the optimistic and happy one. I come across as a ray of sunshine next to him. All you do is bicker about how he's not being a ray of sunshine. (laughs) Firefly almost jumped on the keyboard, but I come. (laughs) I come. Kitty faux pas. I know. Uh, So, yes. (laughs) Where was I? Yes. So... As I was watching, I was every, every almost everything. Obviously, there's a lot of them I remember anyway. Like, I really hate that man, or, um, <laughs> you know, um, but there, there was definitely, uh, you know, little, little things here or there. Because I remember making fun of you when you didn't realize he was Scottish, because he does say he's from Scotland at one point in the movie. Did you did you notice it this time? No. Oh my! It's, it's I know a, every line in this film except for that. It's the same way he's with Ellie and like. Oh he's, yeah, when he's talking about flea farm. Yeah, he's eating ice cream. He says the first thing I ever did when I came down from Scotland. He says that line. Yes. So I mean, it is in there. He does say it. <laughs> You're right. He does You're right. Say You're it. Mm. Yeah. So the things I noticed, I'm going to just point out the, the little things I noticed that I, I never noticed before is that hmm. Jeff Goldblum, um, Malcolm, Ian Malcolm, he has a very dark line that I forgot he said. At one point, when he's doing his whole speech about why you know you're too busy wondering if you could, you never thought if you should, you know that great speech when they're having the in the very atmospheric dining hall that has projectors and it's all very like 
of their own mysterious they almost look like the illuminati sitting in a room eating dinner um yeah. But uh, he, he ends his little speech with, uh, you call this discovery, I call it the rape of the natural world. And I went, whoa, that's a really like heavy line. I don't remember that mm-hmm. line. Jeez. Really? <laughs> I did not remember that line. Yeah, he is all like against everything that's happening. I mean, I remember all that. I remember him being against everything. I remember, him, you know, all the other stuff, you know, life finds a way, all, you know, all the quotable lines that he has. I did not remember him saying that line, which given that this is essentially a kid-friendly movie, I wouldn't say a kid's movie, but it's a, definitely a kid-friendly movie. That's mm-hmm. a, like, I, I feel like you can put that in a kid-friendly movie now. Probably not. I don't think you could. But, but this is also, like, not that far off from like RoboCop, which was advertised on TV like a kid's movie because they had kids' toys. <laughs> yeah, but that was R-rated, though. Right, right. That was actually R-rated. Whereas this is still- I'm just saying, like, yeah. these movies are... Ratings were different back then. <laughs> uh, the other one is that obviously... People, like, advertised as a kid's film, um, yeah, you probably can't get away with now. A lot of kids' movies were dark back then, though. Do you think that Jeff Goldblum was, like, always this way? Or, like, is he just played himself or because the reaction to Jeff Goldblum being so cool and so, like, mysterious and interesting and unusual that he just kind of played into it throughout his life, the rest of his life, to become more like Ian Malcolm? That's a great question, but I'm going to ignore it for a second because the reason why I'm making a face right now, if, if you're not watching the video version, I've been making a face for the last 30 seconds, is because... Whenever we, whenever we have to take like a quick break for some reason and we come back, and whenever Tara's yeah. the one who's going to start off because she was going to make a point, and I say, okay, you can start us off. Despite the fact that she's heard me count in, like, you know, multiple times a week for months and months and months, every single time, she doesn't wait for it. She just starts talking. <laughs> so I'm just letting everyone know that you just did it again. Yes. You don't count yourself in. Yes, I do. This is my show. <laughs> oh, you're right. You were going to intro because you, you, you were insistent this was your show. <laughs> Damn it, I forgot. You're outroing though. You're doing the whole outro. Okay. You're doing the whole thing. It's my show. It's, it's, yeah. I can make you do it. <laughs> no, you cannot. It's your show. So you're going to do it. Damn it. You're hosting. I'm the guest. <laughs> the guest always does the outro. <laughs> Consistent to the rest of the the show. No, no, no. You don't answer. All right, uh, but to answer your All question. Right, fine. So don't answer my question. No, I'll ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Right, it's a good question. Um, no, I, I think you're right. I I think he has changed because of the popularity of the presence he's had here. Because if you go back and look at the fly, or you look at like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, or any of his earlier stuff, he hasn't come across like this at all. Um, but. The thing is, is that when you, even when you watch like Independence Day, which is just a couple of years later, like, mm-hmm. it does get, I mean, he's not playing Ian Malcolm exactly, but there's definitely a lot more Malcolm. Doesn't he have the must go faster line? He does. He has that line. He has that one line. Yeah. Um, but it's not like he's like, I don't know. There's a bit, there's like a touch of Ian Malcolm forever in him after this. Like every movie he's done since Jurassic Park has had a little bit of Ian Malcolm in it, no matter what it is. Which, I mean, I think for all the Wes Anderson movies he does. It's fine because Wes Anderson likes quirky, so it's like everyone's quirky. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, that's a good word. He's definitely quirky. Yeah. So you know, whatever. Quirky and cookie. He's quirky and he's spooky. He's always looking for <laughs> no key. 
<laughs> na 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 the goblin family tree na 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 <laughs> oh, the timing's gonna be off <laughs> yeah yeah you were late well, on my end you were late anyway um i don't know but hey uh but yeah see so he's great of course he's great uh samuel's great uh laura dern's great laura dern who i saw in this and then didn't see nothing else in my life for about 20 years because everything else she's been in is stuff that was not appealing to as a kid yeah she did october sky which is a pretty good movie um, but she doesn't really have that much of a role in it. Yeah, I never... And it wasn't really until she started doing HBO shows like Enlightened and Big Little Lies that I was like, oh, wow, she's great. Well, it's, a, it's the David Lynch stuff was really where I saw her again later. Like, you know, obviously she did mm-hmm. Blue Velvet before this and, um, you know, she's in the New York season of Twin Peaks in 2017. Uh, so she's had, we've had a bit of a, a Laura Dernissance <laughs> in the last couple of years. Good. <laughs> you know, which is fine because she's great but uh, oh my god Renata is my favorite character maybe of all time <laughs> <laughs> Big Little Lies being the show we're referring to right now um, yes so nah, she, nah she's pretty great um, and she's good in this and um, obviously Adam mentioned yeah she's fine in this um, a lot of the main characters uh, maybe it's just because they're around Jeff Goldblum who's so like charismatic that they do kind of feel a little, I don't know, like derpy a bit. But I love this movie and like it's not going to impede my watching at all. Yeah, I don't know. I love uh, Muldoon, who's played by Bob Peck. He's the like the hunter guy who's in charge of security. And you know, Yeah, he's fantastic. I love his character because he's very, like everybody sees the dinosaurs and it looks at them in awe. And he sees them for what they are, animals. Animals that are capable of killing. And he like there's like no romanticizing of what they are to, in his eyes. And I think he's an awesome character because of that reason. Because he, he he's the no nonsense guy. He's the one who's like, No, these are lions and here's the that thing. will murder you. And here's the thing. Jeff Goldblum has all the fancy lines that are quotable. I think Hammond, despite the fact they're not as, as flashy as Goldblum's lines, they're actually like, see, see when we first started joking that I sound like Hammond, I, I, I sat and did like 10 Hammond lines without thinking about it, without, you know, like, mm-hmm. I really hate that man. Um, I have to get back on schedule. Hammond's uh, schedule. probably like in the top three characters yeah. in the movie. But he's because he's so... He's the P.T. Barnum, you know, of the but, it, of the the park. He's so saying, energetic and optimistic and proud of what he's done, and excited about the future. <laughs> but what I'm saying and, is, um, is that he he has a lot of great lines that are memorable because he, he's he's such a memorable character with all these little moments and little mannerisms and the way he says things. Yeah. And then his introduction's great too. But despite you know? but despite all that, despite uh, those two characters, Muldoon has the best line in the whole film. Because no one's going to argue with me that Clever Girl is not the best line in this movie. Because it is. <laughs> it's the best line. Um, I really like Hold On To Your Butts. <laughs> oh, Samuel Jackson. I early, probably use that line daily. Early Samuel Jackson line. Uh, which he did repeat in Kong Skull Island, if anyone's not seen that. Yeah. <laughs> best part of that movie. <laughs> Uh, it did stick out to me. And any Mr. Robot fans uh, watching BD Wong's in there in a small role as well, which is cool. Do you like him? Is he good in that show? Uh, he's great in that show. And Mr. Robot is great. I, I don't know what he's like in anything else, but he's great in that. 
Well, he's in Jurassic World, and he kind of stands out as not very oh, good. Oh yeah, that, yeah, so. he's got a small role. But I, I, honestly, I think that's because the character, like, they kind of like. Obviously, we'll talk about this when we get to Jurassic World. But they kind of just wrote him as an evil guy all of a sudden, as if you like. And I'm like, the the character in Jurassic yeah. Park is not evil. He's a little mustache twirly, huh? Yeah, he, here he's just a scientist. Dude. There's no char- There's almost no character because he's just there to serve his his role in the scene. Mm-hmm. But they could get him back, so <laughs> they they turned him into a villain to explain the movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's 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 fine. He's doing what he's doing. And then Wayne Knight, of course. I, I was just curious because I I noted in that film that like oh I guess he's not a very good actor, but they brought him back because he's recognizable from the first one. I didn't realize like he's still he's in a lot of stuff still. Oh, he's so I was curious if he was actually good. <laughs> oh, he's great, Mister. I mean, obviously, Mister. Robot is very well directed. So, I mean, the director's a lot of the performance as well, of course. But yeah, um, that's true. But he's very good in that. Uh, Wayne I've Knight, seen great, great actors in horrible roles yeah. for some reason. Uh, Wayne Knight is Nedry, very good. Um, speaking of quotable mm-hmm. things, I, I don't think there's a person on this planet over the age of twelve that I can't go. Well, no, I, was, I wasn't even going to go with it. Uh, 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 I wasn't going to go with that. I was going to go with the Dodson. We've got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. <laughs> he's so funny. I mean, he's played as the comic relief, but man, he nails it. Yeah, no, he's good. Uh, and he's the catalyst for the plot, of course, because he's the one who causes all the problems and and, and so on. Um, so, no, we got a good cast. We got a good cast. We got Spielberg. And you have... The kids are pretty good, too. They're not annoying. No, the kids are good. And the kids are kind Play of... The Spielberg. Heart... Like, he knows how to direct kids. They're the heart of the film. They, they, they kind of are the central arc. Because the main arc of this film, if there is one... Uh, oh, there's kind of two, actually. Because one of... Hammond, of course, uh, coming to accept that the, the part shouldn't exist is obviously one arc. But I think the the, yeah. the, the most central... Yeah, God. The most central... Even though that one sounds more important, I think the more central one is actually uh, Grant's, which Jurassic Park 3 ruins, and we'll talk about that in Jurassic Park 3. But... Uh, is that he hates kids, but over the course of the film, he kind of becomes a father figure and protects them. Mm-hmm. That's that, you know that's that's the main central heart of the movie. Um, and Jurassic Park, he just kind of like waves its hand at it and goes, ah, nah, he still hates kids, so they split up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, they just kind of. Um... But look, dinosaurs. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and all I mean, it's in. I, I won't spoil my opinion on Jurassic Park. Three. I will say that, um, like clearly, the reason for that is because. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, Laura Dern, okay, she agreed to come back for one scene, but that was it. She didn't want to be back for any more than that, and that's why they probably wrote that that way, um, because they only had probably. it for one scene. Um, oh, she's coming back for Jurassic World three though. We're getting all three of the main oh, cast. Really? Yeah, <laughs> Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Goldblum are all back for Jurassic World, whatever the next one's called. <laughs> I don't know. Are they going to be dinosaur hi- human hybrids? I don't know. Their DNA has been mixed <laughs> with dino DNA. Dino DNA. <laughs> Baby dinosaur. Just like a dinosaur. It's <laughs> like a dinosaur egg. <laughs> oh, Mr. DNA, I love it. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, John. Oh, I, I've got I a few lines. about the... Um, special effects in the film oh yeah uh, I'll, I'll do a hammond quote to sort of set us into this part it's kind of a raid <laughs> perfect uh now visual effects are obviously revolutionary for the time i will say like the cg has dated right but what, what, what makes yeah, them hold up in I this agree. movie is that 
whenever it's a practical Stan Winston effect, which, by the way, Stan Winston also designed the Terminator and the Predator. He is a legend. And a god. I think what's great about Stan Winston is that he did Jurassic Park, he did all the practical dinosaur stuff, and the practical T-Rex head that's in a bunch of scenes, or the practical uh, Triceratops that's like ill, all that stuff looks amazing. And this is not even like in his top like two movies like in terms of his work. This is like at least number three. <laughs> because... The Terminator is the best did thing he's ever Alien done. Did he Alien Queen? Yeah, he did Alien, so he did Alien Queen. That was him. Alien Queen might be number one of my designs. That's fair. I, I think I'd put Terminator. I think the endoskeleton and all, all those stuff. I think Terminator as a whole is number one for me. Then probably Aliens. Then probably Predator. And then Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park's number four. That would be his work. I love that Alien Queen. That's great. Yeah. With the big, like big sack behind her that's laying all the eggs and the uh, ovipositor or whatever <laughs> and, but again looking at the movie as a whole he also I'm, I'm sure he must have also done the power loader and like stuff like that mm, i think yeah. that was also him so you know talk, talk about iconic moments in cinema and stuff so yeah the uh, king now the practical effects are great and you can tell the difference you know the cg has i mean i think the cg if i was to describe it when it pops up is i i remember how it looked as a kid and i can see the difference now but I would describe it as kind of blurry, basically. Is a how little it looks. bit, yeah. yeah. There's some detail that is uh, definitely lost, which probably di- made a difference when you're watching it projected on a two screen. That's not a digital projection. Mm. Versus now with like the 4K and quality, and I, I, I definitely noticed it um, more so than I remember. I remember it being a lot more seamless. I mean, there still are some parts that hold up against anything today um cg wise but yeah some of the like brachiosaurus scenes are not as detailed as i remembered Mm -hmm. or um even some of the movement of the velociraptors got like caught me off guard a bit yeah it's just it's a little bit blurry you can kind of see the difference but i'm going to blow your mind here because i learned something just earlier this year there's something in this movie that's actually cg that I didn't know was CG, which, given the fact that this movie was made in 1993, is extremely impressive. What is it? So, big scene with the T-Rex, uh, you know, when the kids are in the car, and the T-Rex, the car's upside down, the t- and Alan's mm-hmm. trying to distract it. That entire car they're in is CG. Really? Because I, I saw, like, the, the, the raw footage of it. And I saw like you know like there was like a gif online or some footage from a YouTube video or something uh, showing mm-hmm. like, the making of it, and that entire car and they do that all the time now. Like see uh, the newest Avengers Endgame, um, see all those mm-hmm. white suits they wear to go back in time, they're all CG. Yeah, uh, I'm sure a lot of people remember the Academy Awards for The Martian and that the beard was CG on, um, uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> On Matt Damon at the, at the end of the film. It was just one of those things like, oh, we didn't even realize that you would do that. Yeah. Why would you just grow a beard? But yeah. Don't worry, I kind of hate like the reason for the Avengers thing. It was like, oh, well, we didn't want to pick what it looked like yet, so we'll just do it later. I was like, no, I hate that. No, make your goddamn choice and shoot a film, damn it. <laughs> but um, I mean, the white suits look good. They did not. I mean, it was seamless. I didn't notice, so fair play. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, There's definitely like... Because there's some CG that's so noticeable. I, I think the Iron Man suit varies wildly depending mm-hmm. movie to movie. I think it looked worse the more it went on for some reason, bizarrely. I thought the last couple of Avengers movies, uh, it looked the worst it had ever done. But yet, then you have those white suits that no one even knew were CG. I assumed they were just wearing an outfit. <laughs> so Why wouldn't you assume that? Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's almost like they prioritize it because they know it'll look really bad if those don't look good, if, if they don't look seamless. Are you curious about what Jurassic Park would look like if they did, stuck with the uh, stop motion? Oh, yeah. I'd love to see it. Um, Me too. And if I remember... I, I like stop motion. I like it as well. It's got a, 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 a sort of like... Uh, it's like being back in the 50s or 60s and watching a film. It's got like a... What's the word I'm looking for? Kitsch? Kitsch? What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's got that kind of feel to it. Um, there's actually a line, if I remember the, the making of documentaries and stuff and the, the DVD and Blu-ray, um, mm-hmm. I believe the line that Jeff Goldblum has when they're going up the stairs uh, where someone asks like uh, Grant, like, what, what do you think? And he's like, I think we're at the job. And Goldblum says, I think you mean extinct. If I yeah. recall correctly, that actually, that line was exactly said, yeah, <laughs> it came from the stop motion animators um, when they saw yeah, the first saw footage the CG. of CG, yeah, <laughs> because they basically were both like auditioning, we had, they had like the CG guys, which I, asked, I, I, I can't mm-hmm. remember, maybe it's Industrial Light and Magic, whoever it is, uh, did like a test bit of footage with the T-Rex, and the stop motion guys did a test bit of footage of their T-Rex, and they saw the CG and went, I think we're at the job, and someone said, I think you mean extinct, <laughs> and they gave that line to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> that's, that's really just a fun bit of trivia, but yeah i like it i like it a lot um so let's just go through it then that's that's why why dilly dally anymore because you're right we can do it um opening uh you got the the velociraptor being transported this is this is classic because this scene feels like something that could have been shot 30 40 years before this because this is how you'd have done it Mm -hmm. a long time ago you'd have like one bit of prop you'd have a good eye you'd shoot just the eye through the little slit and it almost like lulls audiences into thinking, oh, this is the best it's going to get. They don't have good dinosaurs to show us. I mean, assuming they hadn't seen the trailer, obviously, but like, like you know. Yeah, but you're trying so hard. Like, you're squinting at the screen, like, can I see it? Can I see it? Yeah. What's um, there? <laughs> and that, that's the whole point. And it, it sets up this idea that someone did get killed by a velociraptor, and we see him all down, and he's like, uh, and I love, like, shoot her! <laughs> shoot her! <laughs> I love yeah. it. Um,. And it's just this kind of dark opening, and then we go to the lawyer who meets. Yeah, the... and we see that the velociraptors are smart. Yeah, which know. is kind of the point because there's that great moment where it's a close up of his eye, and then it's a close up of Muldoon's eye. Like there's a moment of like recognition between them. Like the velociraptor yeah. knows it's taking someone from him. It's it's really good. Um, are we into spoilers? Are we doing spoilers section? You know what? You're right. Yeah, we're doing full spoilers, uh, which means I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers. Thank you to David Short, Alison M. Fordis, Cindy Palacios, Tyler Hess, and Talking Superman. Uh, they're Patreon producers, which means they're at least $20 or more on the Patreon uh, tiers. So, by all means, uh, thank you to them. Uh, and Tara will tell you more about Patreon right now. You can check out our Patreon page, yeah, and uh, support Mild Fuzz by going to patreon.com slash mildfuzztv. And donations as low as a dollar per month will get you bonus episodes of The Ace. We have uh, quite a few movies you can pick from now. And we're, we're getting into the Trancers saga. So you can follow along with that. Or maybe you're already a fan. Uh, find out if we are. <laughs> so yeah, check it out. Yes, the saga of Jack Death. The cop from the future. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, so full spoilers for uh, Jurassic Park, just in case anyone needs the warning. Uh, so uh, then we meet the lawyer character who goes to see, um, uh, like one of the diggers who's you know digging up the the. They're in Mexico. Yes. Yeah. Um, wasn't it actually watching this scene again? I was actually thinking that 
And this is, it's not as nothing wrong with the scene, but I was thinking as I was watching it that you could probably just cut this scene out and it wouldn't affect the movie at all. Yeah, it's still building up, like... Um, uh, you know, we're supposed to know what the amber is and why it's important that they find some with mm. mosquitoes in it. And uh, it, it is kind of a fun scene, though. Like, I like Gennaro on the raft where he clearly... Mm does not belong in this world oh yeah he feels uncomfortable which i guess if you're going to, if i was going to justify it uh, to go back in what i just said given what you just brought up there is yeah i guess the visual of him and his suit and he's like his uh, briefcase on this little raft yeah he's always hitting his head looking and like yeah he doesn't belong looking like he doesn't belong i guess that's setting up the theme of the movie which is man going into where he doesn't belong and meddling with things he shouldn't be i guess that if, right. I, if we're arguing for it then yeah that's the point of the scene Okay. And they're also bringing up what just happened at the park because he's the lawyer and he's like, we're we're going to go get some people mm-hmm. because of the situation. So it's setting up what's coming next. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet Alan Grant. We get we get the great shot of the, the, the dinosaur bones, uh, you know, uh, and the dusting and all the close-ups of the brushes and all the rest of it. And we get Alan Grant's big introduction where he's just, you know, he's looking at this Velociraptor. They've got this ancient 1993 computer. And don't worry, I'll be talking about the technology of the time later <laughs> with a couple of other key scenes. And this kid is like, this, 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 by the way, this kid, right? I don't know if you know this, but he's like 55 now. Um, he uh, is like, oh, it's like a giant turkey. It's not very. So we get this. Turkey. We get this great scene of, of Grant with no tact whatsoever going up and saying and describing how a velociraptor would gut him and kill him brutally um mm-hmm. the point is you are alive when they <laughs> <start to eat. laughs> i love it and ellie ellie's giving him shit for being like means like you could have just like you know pointed a gun at him if you want to scare him you know one of the worst things about like actually taking a course in school about dinosaurs is that you find out that this kid was kind of right because they have feathers and they really are a lot like mm-hmm. six-foot turkeys. To be fair, though, to be fair, I don't believe they knew about the feathers when Jurassic Park was made. I believe that was... A- no, and the DNA is mixed with amphibian DNA, which don't have feathers. So maybe it's just the mutation of that. That's what... Yeah my headcanon is yeah no, don't get me wrong we did know at the time that velociraptors were much smaller they did cheat yes <laughs> there this is uh something else like a uh it starts with a d like a, i don't know it's, it's it's something else that starts with a d and it's a bigger version of the bird of prey species but it's uh it doesn't have the cool name. Yeah, Velociraptor sounds cool. Was it the same with them in the movie? Like all the dinosaurs come from different periods. Why did... they're probably about the size of a of a wild turkey? Yeah. So in real life. But why pick Jurassic instead of Cretaceous or whatever? Because Jurassic just sounds the best. It sounds the best yeah. as a title. Yeah. So that's when I was uh, in first grade, uh, we had to write a book, and I wrote a book called uh, Jurassic Island. It had nothing to do with the movie. I swear. Definitely wasn't <laughs> plagiarized. <laughs> All my original ideas. Yeah, I, I don't think they were looking for originality when you were uh, writing a book in first grade. Um, yeah, it doesn't have as cool of a sound as Jurassic Park, but Jurassic Island was a was a hit in my family. <laughs> oh, so you say a book? This could have been what more than a few pages. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, it was mostly illustrations. 
<laughs> my first I book. Park with dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're just L, and it sets up this idea isn't like kids, uh, and they have an earlier couple. And we get the John Hammond entrance, the helicopter's there, it's blowing dust everywhere. And again, it's this, because one of the big things that's brought up throughout the course of the film is uh, uh, Malcolm, because as much as Malcolm's a bit of a sleaze, right? Because he is, right, early on. He's a sleaze with a heart of gold, because mm-hmm. once he realizes that Ellie's not single, he does kind of apologize. And he's obviously, he cares about the kids and the way the lawyer doesn't, we'll get into all that. But, um, well, well, I don't know what my point was going to be when I started that. I got too busy describing Malcolm. <laughs> oh, uh, Jeff Goldblum oh, has that yeah. effect on me too. Yeah. I, I totally get it. What, one of the things that he, was, he says all, all through the film, though, is the, the lack of disrespect for nature and mm-hmm. uh, the, the humility that's not on display, right? He says that at one point. Um, this kind of, again, visually shows that at the start of the movie because the helicopter just starts blowing the, the sand and the dust and whatever around the bones and it's ruining the dig site and they're having to cover mm-hmm. it. This is, even though Hammond's a really likable guy and he's really nice to them, there is a lack of respect for this compared to what he's doing, you know? Right, It's yeah. just a simple little thing. Um, and it's not, he's, he's not intentionally trying to be a dick. Because he's not, but he, he's, he's still there. It's still happening. Mm-hmm. But, and it's his fault. So, you know, it's just setting these things up, these themes. It's been weaved in the story. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. good. What he has is much bigger and greater than anything that they can discover. So I think he probably already sees the site as obsolete anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's going to fund your dig for a further three years. I mean, he could have said 50 years and it wouldn't have mattered at yeah. that point. He'd probably still pay because, I mean, he's, he's got an island and he's built the dinosaur park. He's, he's freaking rich. He can afford to just pay them for 50 years if he wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's like, um, he's like, oh, I've, 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 you know, I've got an island off the coast of Costa Rica. Uh, built something of a, of a wildlife preserve. You know, he's doing all his, his speech. And they're like, well uh, done. thank you. Uh, what kind of park is this? It's, it's up your alley. I guarantee it. You know, it's, it does that. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed so that good. one. <laughs> Were you practicing? I may have practiced that one because he does such a specific <laughs> high pitch thing as he goes up at the end. Uh, so it, it cuts to. Uh, it doesn't actually cut His to. His enthusiasm the... is very contagious. Like he's incredibly likable. Oh, he cares. From yeah. The get go. He, he absolutely cares. Yeah. Um, and this is when we cut to Nedry, uh, or Nedry, 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 uh, and, uh, Dodson. And Dodson's like such a small character, but I just remember his name because of the Dodson, we got Dodson here. <laughs> um, for some reason, one of my favorite little touches in this, because the whole point of this scene is that he's shown him this, you know, shaving foam can that's going to smuggle the embryos out of the park, right? And I love, A, how much Wayne Knight's giggling as he's been told this plan. It's delightful. He has a shriek that I, they should have used it as one of the dinosaur shrieks. I, it's I, so good. I love that when the bill comes, the check comes for the food. He's, he's been having a lot of food because he's a big fat man, of course, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And he just looks at Dodson. He's like, don't get cheap on me, Dodson. He's just been given a case full of money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Pay for my lunch. Um, but my favorite part yeah. of all of this is that there's like a trolley of like desserts going past and he's got the shaving foam in his hand because he tested it. Um, he, he turns around and just puts <laughs> shaving foam in a cake. <laughs> he just wipes it on a cake. Yeah. It's great. He's such a dick. Oh yeah, he's delightfully a dick. Oh dear. Uh, in fact, later on, Hammond gives him shit for it. He's like, 
I don't, I don't blame people for their mistakes, but I do respect them to pay for them. You know, he's, he gets all very stern mm-hmm. with them. Um, but yeah, so he's disgruntled. He's and do you know what I like about this this whole plot thing is that on the surface, all it really is is an excuse for everything to go wrong to start the the main plot of the movie, right? But I do actually like that. Yeah, this makes sense. If if it's one company did this, I bet you there'd be some industrial espionage trying to like steal it from them, like. They oh, just, totally. They just brought dinosaurs back to life. Like, everyone wants this. You kidding? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I mean, it sounds like there are other companies that have been doing this, trying to do the same thing. And Nedry is saying, this will save you 10 years. Yeah. No. Just, uh, which is a lot of money. 10 years is a lot of money to save. Mm-hmm. Um, worth the bag that they just gave him. Full of, full of Definitely. cash. Definitely. Uh, which I presume is probably half of what he's getting, just because to make sure he goes through with it, because otherwise he could just run. Mm-hmm. I got my money. <laughs> Jerry will... <laughs> Jerry will... That's what he says. You'll get more on, on delivery. Because yeah. uh, I was like, Jerry will never you know, have an Acer apart with me now and get away from him now. <laughs> <laughs> Same for reference. Uh, <laughs> so, and then we have... Um, one of the things I talked about a lot in the Terminator was how the Terminator theme was one of the first pieces of movie music that I became obsessed with. The other one that I became really into early on is when we cut to the helicopter going to the island. Now, it's not right away because they're having a conversation for a while first, but see when the brass comes in? Dun, 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 Yeah, that was a big one for me. I would have done that with you, but our timing's off. Yeah, no, I understand. As demonstrated by the Adams Family tune. <laughs> Joe's also off in this scene, just a minor quibble here with uh, something, is mm. uh, the cameraman who does the pan as the helicopter's going around the corner. Uh, he's a terrible cameraman. He, he can't keep up with the helicopter. It's timed awfully. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that once someone's pointed out to you, the, it, it kind of goes out of frame and comes back in because the cameraman doesn't do it properly. He's... Uh, at least as someone who's tried to pan with things and it, is, it can be tough but like this is a professional cameraman working with Steven Spielberg he should be doing a better job damn it do take two get the helicopter back in the air <laughs> maybe they couldn't mm. Spielberg movie they spent all their budget on, on T-Rexes <laughs> oh, it's a good thing to spend your budget on I also I speculate that they spent a lot of money on the ice cream that Hammond's you know firing through yeah yeah. Oh, you were watching. I this mean, with... I do the same thing when I'm sad. Yeah. Well, you were watching this with ice cream, if I recall. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, vegan ice cream. Vegan ice cream. We're not course. allowed to call it ice cream. We have to call it frozen dessert. <laughs> <laughs> because the dairy companies get upset. So what should call it? Should call it ice cream, as in the word "i" and then the word "scream." So it sounds the mm. same, but it doesn't say ice cream. Clever girl. <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> uh, so, this is where we meet Malcolm, and we hit the old introductions to to the rest of the cast. Um, just just good character building stuff. Kind of sets things up uh, the way they interact with each other. Um, and so, I actually I was thinking about something during all this part of the movie here. As they're, as they're arriving in the island and getting driven to the uh, the the breakfast store, we'll talk about that scene because that's a big scene. But so, Ian Malcolm. And the lawyer for sure, but Ian Malcolm seems to know more about what's happening on this island than they do. Because when they get to the Brachiosaurus, uh, or is it the Brontosaurus? Because they actually correct themselves at one point. I can never remember which one was the right. <laughs> um, well, at the time it was Brachiosaurus, but I don't think Brachiosaurus is a real thing anymore. 
Okay, reclassified. I think they're all like apatosaurus now. Okay. They're called. But um, you know, he says that crazy. The thing with fossils is that like you're putting together uh, a puzzle that you don't know what the end image is, and none of the pieces really fit together. So hmm. a lot of paleontologists are just sort of doing their best, which means a lot of the dinosaurs that we think we know and we love, because you don't really get complete skeletons, you just get parts of them, uh, might actually look totally different than what we think. So. I know. Science ruins everything. So Bill, Goldblum though says um, that he did it, that crazy son of a bitch, he did it, right? Um, mm-hmm. So my question is, so in this, this, this chopper ride to the island, how, because how, Grant and uh, Sattler, they, they don't, they don't really know anything, right? You know, uh, Hammond's kept him in the dark. He's kept him in the dark so yeah. much, right? Um, but I think Malcolm seems to know a little bit more, and I just I find that hard to believe that at no point in this journey did they did, did either side go. Also, oh, how much do you know about what we're about to see, or like what's going on here? Because I feel like well, Ma- maybe they were instructed not to. Uh, maybe because I feel like Malcolm knows what he's trying to do. I mean, he doesn't necessarily believe he's done it yet, obviously, but he knows what he's trying right. to do. Um, whereas I feel like uh, uh, Grant and uh, Ellie. Yeah, he just refers to it as a little science experiment. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Grant, Grant and Ellie, I, I don't think they. They know anything. No, they're in the dark. Yeah. They, they are shocked when that, that dinosaur comes comes walking past them. Uh, it's a fantastic scene. You know, the music's great. Um, I love the uh, the way it's shot where he like, he stands up in the Jeep and he's really up, it's really uncomfortably close to the camera as he takes off the glasses. It's a great gif. It's a gif that you use a lot to like show you're shocked. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. It's a wonderful moment. Definitely. Uh, and I love how Ellie's just reading something and she's like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. And his hand just comes down and just turns her head like, just turn, bitch. Just look at this. Yeah. You need to look at this right now. This is serious. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sees it and takes off her and she's like rising up in the thing. Um, and I love the lawyer being like, we're going to make a fortune on this. But I love how that ends the scene. Is the lawyer being like, oh, yeah. money. Money, like Money, 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 money. Yeah. Money. Um, <laughs> But no, so so yeah, many great really moments. Great. I think it's I think it's a great choice to use the uh, that's that type of dinosaur too, that brontosaurus mm. type, because like that's always the good dinosaur that you see in other films before this. Like in mm. um, Fantasia has that dinosaur segment that's really I think pretty good, and that's the dinosaur that you root for. There's the Land Before Time and Littlefoot. Yeah, you know that this, this is the most gentle giant. Of the dinosaurs well, yeah, that, that we think that's of. the beauty of it is that it's not just that it's one that you associate with being good is that it's also visually very big and impressive at the same time but mm-hmm. it's not as exciting as the t-rex let's be honest t-rex is the, the king right t-rex is the one that you think of as yeah. the the main dinosaur he's the the be-all end-all yeah. dinosaurs which is why i love this scene so much because they're in shock and you know alan like collapses because he's it's so much shock he's like they oh, they move in herds they do move in herds right and then mm-hmm. ellie just like casually says oh how fast have you clocked some of these species and uh Hammond's just like well we clocked a t-rex at uh, 30 40 miles per hour it's like you have a t-rex he yes. knows it's a big one yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the bombshell see again you have a t-rex and then, then, then i love that alan just comes into frame like he's not in the shot and his head just pops in right in front of the camera and says say again we have a t-rex <laughs> <laughs> like i love it <laughs> yeah i love that you're getting more ham in life <laughs> i'll do them i'll do them for every scene damn it i'll do them for all of them are you enjoying the ham in lines is it annoying 
No, no, it's great. <laughs> Keep it up. Fine, excellent. Um, so they go to the. Uh, actually, I have one little weird note here on the music. Now, obviously, John Williams' score is phenomenal. It's like maybe my second favorite John Williams score after Superman. It's fantastic. Yeah, Superman's top. Yeah. But I will say, I do find the odd of track a little bit weird immediately following this scene. When they're driving to the, uh, you know, the center building, uh, it turns into like a sort of, I don't want to say dark, but it's like, dun 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 It's like, I don't know, the tone like completely changes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this fits the, like, the post that other scene, which was so magical and wonderful and like, mm-hmm. dinosaurs are back. <laughs> like, yeah, now it's kind of like a marching theme. Yeah, like, it was, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, that was weird. It's, I mean, the music's fine on its own, but it just it feels like it's weird to put right after that scene. Um, but whatever, mm-hmm. I'm used to it being there. It, it'd feel weird if it was any different now because I've been I've seen this movie like you know for 26 years now. <laughs> like I don't want to change it. I'm just saying it's watching it and thinking. I was like, yes, it's kind of a weird tone following that scene. Sure. Right away. Uh, so we get to center, we get the whole Dino DNA cartoon and Hammond doing his hello John, hello John. Um and it's like, oh yes, I've got a line. It's, it's a bit of a ride, you know, kind of thing. Um do you know, actually so there's a weird thing here where the lawyer says something which I'm sure is completely wrong. Oh my god, I love it though. I know. He because they they're, they're <laughs> going through the rooms and they see the scientists doing their thing, and he's like, uh, and first of all, how good do you think their animatronics are? That like they're, you're mistaking them for people, like real people. Come on, right? Uh, but he says, are these auto erotica, erotica? <laughs> like erotica, <laughs> <laughs> which I think as a kid is something you don't notice, but as yeah. an adult, you're just like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like trying to f- fill in the next part of the word, which you know I do that too. Sometimes yeah. I'm, you know, I'm searching for it, but it's it's just not the right one. But I'll, I'll tell you what, Tara. I don't think I. I mean, I've said a lot of silly things. You've said silly things. We share this, right? We say a lot of silly <laughs> things. I don't think either of us would ever throw the word erotica, thinking that might be the end of the word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this seems totally just played straight. It's really good. I know. Uh, yeah, Hammond doesn't even acknowledge it. He just kind of keeps going. He's like, I'm never... Joe, Joe's he's still like, just too excited, yeah. yeah. He's all, I mean, he's a lawyer. He he's passed a bar exam. He's not an idiot. <laughs> like, he's not an idiot of a person, but clearly, but still. Um, so it is Yeah, it is. it's definitely one of the funniest lines in the film that goes unnoticed a lot. Yeah. Um, and we get the baby Velociraptor and then, like, breaking out of the ride to go and see it. And um, mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole speech, well, you know, the, my, my, the favorite gif of the entire movie is, well... There is like you know I use that all the time. Like that, that's such a perfect moment. Mm-hmm. Anytime something happens you were expecting, you can just throw that in to be smug about yeah. it. It's great. Um, and they have the dinner. And we have the nobody whole knows speech. what he's talking about. <laughs> They're just like, "Yep, whatever you say, Malcolm." <laughs> Life fades away. Yes, we can move on now. <laughs> uh, and then we have the, the dinner scene and I think this dinner scene is important because it really sets up this because I love that everyone else like, even like Grant because at the end of the Velociraptor baby scene you know the, the, the egg catching where he tells him what the species is and he looks up he's like you bred raptors and he, he has this look in his eyes he's like are you crazy like why did you do that <laughs> like that, this is a dangerous animal yeah. that's Grant's can the raptor expert yeah um, I do a question though and maybe there's a reason for this uh, that we'll you know archaeologists and you know paleontologists and you know people who do this kind of thing will have but do, do, is there any way to tell from like skeletons like how smart a creature was like i mean i mean i imagine by the um 
the size. I think brain size means <laughs> just, something. Just the size. Okay, fair enough. Uh, there was a hole this big for the brain. Open enough cavity for a larger <laughs> brain that I imagine, because you don't want your brain rattling around inside. Sure. So, however big that cavity is, not sure. big the brain is. I was laughing at one point because he said something like, "Oh, he's he's a." Uh, Blood temperature is like ninety-one degrees, and I went, "Holy shit, that's warm!" And I went, "Oh, it's probably Fahrenheit. Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, that's, God, "That's almost boiling." Oh, it's yeah. Fahrenheit. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of blood pressure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't worry. Ninety-one Fahrenheit is still uh, warm, but it's not like obscenely warm that I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we get uh, Muldoon again. We do, yes, yeah. He's he's hanging around, uh, talking about everyone being female and um, the whole debate at dinner uh, about you know like grants. Oh, how can we possibly know what happened? This is kind of you know we're playing God here, um, and blah blah. And they go and they go to see where the Raptors are kept because he's very concerned. So Muldoon's kind of like, and I actually like, kind of love this scene. With Grant talking to Muldoon because you feel like these are two guys who are taking this very seriously. There's no, you know. Uh, egos here grant yeah. genuinely well, fascinated we learned that muldoon is from the other park that he had in that hammond has in kenya or something so he's like a, a big yeah like a big normal, animal like big like, yeah, like a big a, cat expert like a normal that. safari park yeah with normal animals yeah he's kind of got the look of that too yeah. and um so i think because he's like an expert <laughs> of an animal behavior it, just for it the is record. fun to see grant like I've, talk to him about it of course, the badass animal hunter who no understands animals is from Australia because, hey, everything in Australia tries to kill you. If you make it out of there alive, then you're good with animals. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone there is an animal expert. <laughs> you have to know if it's going to kill you because there's a lot of things that will try and kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's, I, I genuinely find this fascinating, this scene where they're just sort of talking. Um, and I love how they kind of because at one point Hammond starts talking to Ellie and they kind of like it's almost like bad mixing in a way because it kind of overlaps the audio a little bit but the whole point is is that they're ignoring them and just having their conversation still um, and you mm-hmm. get to hear about uh, how smart the raptors are how the, the leader like killed like six other raptors and just left two of the other ones alive and that's our pack and like mm-hmm. the whole thing so it's really good stuff um, but then ultimately uh, we actually may have done this before last night, I can't remember, but like we introduced the kids. We introduced to the kids um who come in and like uh, Grandpa and like like easy on the old man. Uh and they're going out and their their cars <laughs> on the tracks and you know, Samuel Jackson's gearing up in the command center and everyone's ruining to go. Um so let's talk about interactive C D ROMs for a minute. <laughs> Let's talk about what? Lex, the girl, who's like, it's a CD-ROM! And she's all excited. And she's touching the screen. And later on, she's like, I'm a hacker. I like to be called a hacker. And then it becomes very relevant later on because you can work with computers a little bit. Uh, which, by the way, no filing system, especially in 1993, had a virtual grid that the camera kind of flew over inside the computer. There's definitely some uh, liberties taken here. Yes. Here's the thing with Lex, though. Have you ever read the book? I have not, no. I've read it. Um, and in the book, I get to be one of those people. Mm-hmm. In the book. In the book, um, yes. The ages of the two kids are swapped. Oh. And Lex is unbearable. Like Every time she she has dialogue in the book, it's just she's whining. She doesn't want to be there. 
She likes baseball. That's the only thing she cares about. Um, she talks about her parents the whole time, and she's not interested in dinosaurs at all. Oh, that's a question, actually. And she gets away. So she's a terrible character in the book. In the movie, they swapped it so that the youngest kid is all about dinosaurs, and the oldest kid can have a little bit more character and be less annoying because she's not. She's a bit older now. She's like a teenager mm. or just starting to become one. Yeah, she's about 13, and she's still into baseball, but we have to give her something else. So we give her this other thing, which just kind of seems out of the blue. Like, I don't buy that she's a hacker. better at computer systems than Arnold is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'll ask a question, actually, because uh, in the book, is it confirmed that their parents had a divorce? Is that something that's in the book? Uh it's. I think it's implied. I don't know if it's confirmed. Right, because that's why the big things in the movie that sort of they're subtly, is uh, they have like, these issues because their parents split up and their dad abandoned them. Um, that sort mm-hmm. of informs how they feel when the lawyer abandons them. And there's, there's literally a moment where it cuts to uh, it cuts to Lex and he goes, "He left us." And it just it sounds yeah. like a kid talking about her dad. <laughs> like it really it hits home. And then you know Alan becomes this kind of surrogate father over the course of the movie. Like that's kind of the heart of it. Right. I think that's also why they're at the park is because. The parents are taking care of some Which things. It's actually one of the things I liked a lot in uh, Jurassic World at the start is that the, the two mm-hmm. kids going, it establishes by the end, just, just before they leave, that the parents are splitting up. And I thought, oh, that's a nice callback to something that we all speculated about Jurassic Park, but it was never you know, yeah. mentioned. So I don't like that. I like that as a, a touch. Um, so they got in the park. And I love, I love that it was a King Kong reference because the door, and I never got this when I was a kid because I'd never seen King Kong at the time. You know, it wasn't until, I was, I was, in oh, a, really? I, I was like in my late teens at least by the time I saw King Kong. Um, I had seen the, the 70s one. Yeah. So, a few times. it makes sense that, you know, you're making the first like big dinosaur movie that's like a triple A Hollywood movie uh, to yeah. reference the original triple A Hollywood monster movie, which is King Kong. It makes, it just makes sense. Uh, so, neat, 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 neat thing. Um, they have no shows. They're kind of pissed because nothing's showing up. And then they, but let's be honest. Though, the secretary ceratops scene is actually really nice and really mm-hmm. soothing. I, I love Alan on the belly going up and down. Again, great practical yeah. effect. It is. Yeah, it's nice that we get to see another dinosaur so close up. Mm-hmm. And it is all practical. Yeah, it, it, it looks real. Like, got, it got, looks great. You got mucus on the tongue, the eyes moving and watering, and like all of this stuff. And then we get the big pale of shit joke, of course, <laughs> which is, which is good. Uh, Imagine that's a big problem for a park with such big creatures in it. Yeah, I can't. I can't. You know, I can't even imagine. Um, yeah. I mean, the shit was literally a pyramid. It was like a pyramid of shit. <laughs> huge um yeah just think we of were what, all very impressed yeah just <laughs> think, just think of this the fertilization of, the, of this like mound <laughs> or is it too overpowering is the ground just like is it like radiated now the ground just can't grow anything because there's just too much fertilization <laughs> the shit just just killed it yeah and you know they get a lot of storms so that's all going to wash away if you don't take care of it and get into your drinking water yeah, so what you're saying is, is there's, like, there's a shit cleaning crew that just goes out in a truck and just shovels the shit. Definitely a shit cleaning crew. <laughs> Dig yourself out of the shit today with your golden shovel, only twenty nine ninety five. That's mm-hmm. a reference to Twin Peaks, I'm sorry, Tara. I know you don't get it, but like, I just, I, I had to mention yeah. Shovel yourself out of the shit was a big thing in the last season of Twin Peaks. Um, <laughs> Sounds great. 
It is great. Don't, don't you dare. Uh, so Ellie sticks with them. Uh, this is after the flirtation, of course, with, with uh, Malcolm. Gets us all those moments. Um, and but... we've had slightly set up that there's a storm coming. Yeah, because so, we, yeah, we cut back. I mean, I'm kind of like just going through roughly now because we go back and forth with the command center who set up the storm and Nedry's like setting up for his little heist. So he's like saying, oh, the, the systems might go down a little bit um, and so on. Uh, yeah. Well, the point is he's being rushed. He's on a time crunch now. Yes, yes. To get this done. Yes, I, I always remember him clicking the mouse with the one finger as he starts his watch mm-hmm. timer with the other hand. Because I, I always thought it was a weird visual of him clicking the mouse like that when I was a kid. Yeah. But uh, It's like with the ring finger. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. So I'm going to open the door for Kat. So you can you can start talking about um, Lex being terrified when she realizes what the goat's out there for. Because that's what comes next. <laughs> right. Because we've had a dud of a tour so far. There's been no dinosaurs. And then we get to the Tyrannosaur paddock. The big one, the one that we all want to see, including the characters on screen. And in order to lure the dinosaur out, a goat comes out of the ground. And mm-hmm. Lex, who's a vegetarian, respect, <laughs> um, uh, is is quite upset that she's going to watch the circle of life here. And I, I love, again, going back to the idea that the, the lawyer represents the shitty dad who's going to leave them. He just dismisses mm-hmm. it by saying, what, you never had lamb chops, kid? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just his yeah. response. Um, he doesn't know how to talk to children. No. Oh my god. Do, do you ever watch Saturday Night Live? I have. Well, I see the odd clip on YouTube, but not properly. There was one with uh, Kristen Stewart last week that was um, Rosetta Stone. You know those yeah. those programs you could buy to help you learn language? There was a really great one. It was Rosetta Stone for, to teach you how to talk to children because <laughs> she's so <laughs> awkward around them. Like so, do you wear clothes? Or <laughs> I could so relate. I need that so bad. I mean, anyway, tangent. I mean, I mean, hell, it takes us back to this, the one thing we kind of glossed over is when they're getting in the cars. Uh, little Timmy's following Alan around, and Alan's just trying to get away from yeah. him. And it's kind of great. Yeah, because Alan's like a hero in his eyes. Yeah, he read his book. He's like, hey, you really think they all turned out to birds? Like, and he's asking all these questions. He's all excited. It's it's kind of sweet and it you know again it sets up part of the arc of the movie mm-hmm. um as my cat awkwardly tries to lie in my lap it's not really in a good position for lying on but you'll persevere won't you garris <laughs> so um yeah we're at the tyrannosaurus paddock and because they, they go past that and that's when they get to the triceratops actually and then they come back through it when they're trying because they have to call it off they have to like, okay the storm's coming we have to come back and that's why they're and they end up trapped in the tyrannos tyrannosaurus paddock because that's when the power all goes off and all the systems shut down and and so on and so on. So and the goat's still there. And the goat's still there for now. <laughs> Until we get the leg just landing on the the car and uh, it actually correct me if I'm wrong, but I because I was going to say she's vegetarian, not vegan, but I guess veganism didn't really exist yet in like 1993. I mean, I guess on the. No, I mean, there's still vegans. I have family members who have been vegan since. But like, they didn't have a name for it, though, right? There wasn't like a name for it then. I don't know. Uh, pro- probably. Because I, I don't think I don't think I heard the term vegan till like I don't know the last ten years or something like that. Like I I don't feel like it's been around my whole life. Maybe maybe I just hmm. never encountered it. I don't know, but maybe. 
Because I feel like I'm a member of vegetarian. Maybe you would just describe yourself as a vegetarian who also doesn't eat yeah. dairy, eggs, or honey. Because I remember vegetarian being a term that was used a lot when I was a kid, and I heard it all the time, but I never heard vegan. And now vegans mm-hmm. kind of replaced it, because most people who are vegetarian have switched to just being a vegan, because the, the point of it's, you know, more... Like, it's it'd almost be weird now to just be a vegetarian and not be a vegan, because part of the point is wanting to help the climate. It's the cruelty and, side of it, and yeah. there's still a lot of cruelty in, in dairy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, I, and to quote Lex, I like cows. <laughs> I like cows too. They're just big dogs. <laughs> they love a good chin scratch. <laughs> hey, I am, I am like, in fact, I think tonight I am two weeks official, officially gone from having milk. So I'm doing good. Whoa. Two weeks, two weeks sober. We're celebrating by talking about Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, so they get trapped there. Of course, they get trapped in the worst place possible, which is the, the Tyrannosaurus. And the leg hits the, 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 the top of the car. And, like, you know, then they look up and we get the T-Rex reveal as the head comes up. And it's, it's chomping on the goat. It's, it's just sort of, like, gulping the goat hole. And it's a practical mm-hmm. effect. This is the practical T-Rex head swallowing the goat. Mm-hmm. It looks so it's good. It's amazing. It looks... just like looks over at them and is making this like purr sound, but like this malicious purr. Yeah, it just it's... Like, that was delicious, and you're next. It's <laughs> amazing just how good this practical effect holds up. Like you know, it's been twenty six years, and it looks just as good. The shot definitely as it did in nineteen ninety three, and that's that's amazing. Uh, obviously, we have to talk about the cup. We have to talk about the war. Mm-hmm. And just how iconic that visual is, the the ripples as it's stomping. Even though it creates a plot hole later in the movie, but we'll get to that when we get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so the stomping, yes. Uh so this scene's super exciting. I I love so much of this. Obviously the lawyer leaving them is a big part of it. He left us, yada yada yada. The kids not knowing. And I love like a little detail that I kinda thought of as I was watching it this time that I've never thought of before, going back to the whole Alan becoming the surrogate father figure, is that Mm-hmm. Alan is partially to blame for them being in the danger they're in because he made a point of avoiding raiding with them and because of that he's yeah. left them unprotected which is why they're they're doing all the wrong things they're they're so when he goes out to try and save them by using the flare to distract the T-Rex with his knowledge because you know, because when the T-Rex comes out he says to Malcolm hey don't move the T-Rex is you know eyesight's based on movement if we stay still we're okay so Malcolm's now safe because he's there to explain it mm-hmm. to him the kids are the ones who need to hear this more than anyone. And it's such a it's a simple little thing that they're in this predicament because Alan neglected... Not that he's responsible for them, but he like he avoided being any yeah, type of parent. Yeah, but if something happens to them, yeah. I mean, he, it's going to be on him yeah. in his eyes. Because he, cause he avoided riding with them and he's kind of making amends for that. And the little thing I like about this as well is that Ian also cares about them. And Ian does a stupid thing. So Ian tries to help as well, but doesn't have the knowledge that Mal- uh, that uh, Alan does. So when he goes mm-hmm. with the flare, he gets himself into trouble. But it comes from a good place. So he does something stupid, but it comes from a... Like, he wants to try and save the kids still. He's still doing the right thing. He's just not, not doing it smartly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like that little touch. Um, so like I say, as the cars spin and around... And if he just let the T-Rex go chase the original flare, the mm-hmm. T-Rex would have fallen off the cliff and... All our problems would have been over. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that in a second. So the car's spinning around and it's all CG, you know. I mean, there was a bit of a, a structure to, like, be on top of them, but they all the, the paint and the 
It's all CG, mm-hmm. which is so impressive to me because it, like, it looks it looks like it's there, which for 1993 yeah. CG is insanely good. Yeah, definitely. The movement's right too, which is the thing that seems to always be off. It's just basic physics. And don't get me wrong, it is easier to do like material than it is uh, a living object. You know, living beings of any kind are harder to do in CG convincingly. Yeah, versus... but it's amazing that this came from... Like the only real CG that we had gotten before this was like the the abyss with the water in the face and Terminator Two, yeah. And it went from that to to this. <laughs> like, oh, it's absolutely incredible leap. It's absolutely amazing. But I just I do want to make the point though that like a sheet of metal and CG is easier to look convincing than you know skin and flesh and you know all that stuff, but. Um, super impressive all the same because it's 1993 I, I, I did not think I could be fooled by 1993 CG like that and even knowing what I yeah. know now about what's CG and what's not I'm looking for it I never I, can, I can't tell it looks real I didn't know it was CG yeah I so, thought they were real dinosaurs the whole time <laughs> I'm just kidding I didn't know the car was CG <laughs> is this like when you thought Margot Kidder was in Riddles of Lost Ark your whole life <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought they just—I thought they really just <laughs> brought the dinosaurs back and shot. You know, it was like working with cats and dogs. They just directed the dinosaurs, used some tricks. Yeah. That's all they did. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the uh, the geography problems of this scene because even as a kid, I noticed this, and it always bugged me as a kid. I think I noticed it later on. So um, I think somebody brought it up and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I noticed a lot of other editing mistakes. Like the, I remember the hand that's holding or the mechanical hand that's holding the egg like disappears for a little while mm. and it comes back. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that happens in most movies, to be fair. But this one's particularly egregious, this geography thing, because an entire <laughs> side of the location just changes because... It's, it's clearly the side that the T-Rex came, came from, which he was clearly standing on ground that was, you know, level with them, um, given yes. the height and all the rest of it. And then after the, the car spun around a few times, all of a sudden, because they go over the hole where the fence was, and there's a drop of, like, 50 feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and they have to, like, go down, like, a, a rappel almost to, like, get down it safely. And I'm like, where did this drop come from? This was this was the side where T Rex came from, unless something weird happened here. But I'm pretty sure, like, maybe not not this viewing and not even the last viewing before this. But I'm sure there was one time where I I watched this scene intently, trying to keep track, just in case. Like, did the T Rex come from the other side, or did you know this or yeah, that? Yeah, or is it like slightly? I don't know to the right, or but I don't <laughs> think maybe so. Maybe there's a big drop off cliff. Who knows? Like behind the behind the fence. Who knows? But, the, just, but yeah, it's not there. It's just a, it's just something they hope we forget about. It's, yeah, it's just some creative license with the with geography, uh, which I mean, I mean, I love this movie. I am just, it's, it's, I'm going to point out the, the 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 mistakes I've noticed over the I'll years. I acknowledge that it's there. Yeah. Um, Ask me if I care. Yeah, yeah. So we get the whole ten scene, good stuff, but I'm getting them out the tree and you know Timmy, like all that stuff. Um, and you know, meanwhile Ellie's back with everyone else now, and they're worried about everyone. And uh, Hammond's like, "Hey, you know, Muldoon, can you go, go get a jeep and go get my grandchildren, please?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ellie goes with them, and they go and find um, uh, Malcolm, who's alive. 
obviously, oh, I mean, we didn't even mention the lawyer getting eaten, but I mean, he's he's like the one. I mean, he's not like the only. Scene. He's not the only death in the movie, but he's is the only on on camera death. But we see Nedry die, right? He's in the car, and we we kind of see him all done as well. This is the most graphic one for sure, though, because we we see his body. Yeah, definitely. Eaten, you know, although uh, the arm of Arnold uh, is pretty graphic too. Oh sure, yeah. I, do you know what I love about that moment? I mean, we're not there yet, but I love that Ellie turns around completely looking for him, and then sees he's not there, and then looks behind her, and then she looks behind him, yeah. and it's it like, a great oh, jump scare. Yeah, it's a really good yeah. moment. I love it. Uh, so, and then we get the must go faster. We can get the ripples in the puddle, and you know them looking for them, and they can't find them. Um, and the chase is good. I, you know, the, the shot of the T Rex roaring in the the mirror, you know, the the side view mirror, mm-hmm. the car, really good. I have issues geography-wise with this scene as well. And I don't think this one gets brought up very much, but you see Ian Malcolm injured in the back of the Jeep. And you see the footprint of the T-Rex. And you also see the car, the one that's upright still. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly on the top of the panic, on the outside of the panic. Actually, see, even even before you get to I think I know what you're going to say, actually, because it's kind of occurred to me as you're describing this scene. But even before you get mm-hmm. to that, I also hate how uh, Ellie and uh, Muldoon look over the They're side. They're instantly down there. They see the car and go, hey, it's down there. And it just cuts to them being down. I'm like, how did you get down there? Where, 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 where is this magic staircase? <laughs> well, they just walked down the, the side that the T-Rex came from, obviously. Okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because anyway. there's a hill right next to it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, So you see the car that's right side up behind it. And you're like, okay, so clearly he's outside of the paddock and he's on top. But then the very next scene, he's like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And the whole car has teleported to the second second area where that's like 50 feet below. And then they have to drive away from the T-Rex. So it's just one of those things like no one noticed. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If, well, I don't know if it's necessarily below. Oh, you may be right. I'm not, I'm not disputing with you. Uh, but the thing that occurred to me as you were describing this is that well yes, they're in they're in jungle they're not on a road yeah anymore. yeah no yeah that, that's what I was going to get at is that um when you were making me think of it you know as you were describing it, I was picturing it in my head he is clearly mm-hmm. where the car stuff happened before right mm-hmm. and then when they come running out at him and then of course because they, they run from like foliage they run from jungle and then the T Rex comes out after them where he mm-hmm. was situated there should have just been more road that's where like, the road going through the park is you know for the rest of the yeah. ride um. So you're right, yeah, there's like a weird teleportation thing there too. Yeah, and that one doesn't get brought up very much, but like, it's pretty egregious. <laughs> and it's purely just because they want, obviously, them running through the foliage and then see the T-Rex, you know, mm-hmm. coming through. Um, but, and it is such a great scene. Oh, it is, yes. Know. It's great. But a lot of creative license here with uh, some little mistakes. And it's one of these things where... <laughs> Like, when you watch a movie as much as a movie like this, where you're seeing it at a regular period oh, yeah. over, you know, 20 plus years, and especially since, like, I think when we're, when we're kids, we rewatch the same movies a lot more. I think that's true for all of us, right? I've probably watched this in the triple digits. Because when you're a kid, I, I remember whenever I taped a new, because most of my movies when I, when I was a kid was taped off oh, TV, yeah. right? My what? copy of, of Jurassic Park is all snow. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever, all digital stuff. You can't see anything. Whenever I got a new movie taped, no matter what the movie was, I'd probably watch like ten times in the first like 
week of having it because I just that's what I did as a kid. I got a new movie. I'm like, I'm going to watch this over and over again. And I, I remember watching Ghostbusters two like ten times in the space of two weeks because it was the new movie I got off TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vigo. Vigo. I, hey, I, I like Ghostbusters too. Right? It's not as good as the first I one. I like it too. But I like it. Yes, Vigo. Ah, the baby. <laughs> yes, Dana. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean. I can't tell you if I saw this movie for the first time tonight, if I would have noticed any of these editing mm. errors, but you're right. I mean, I've watched this movie so many times and yeah, eventually you notice things. You're like, Oh, that's kind of a big mistake. Cause uh, but, little continuity errors aren't a big deal because like, like I like take the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer, for example. And the very first episode of that, there's a continuity error and, and this is something that you've seen a lot of things um, but it's something really simple where she's, she's sit, Buffy's sitting talking to Willow and during the scene, because it's a short reverse shot, right, where it's coming between the two of them, mm-hmm. and obviously they've done multiple takes, right? They've done multiple takes of both sides of this. So they've done maybe three takes of Buffy's side, three takes of Willow's side, and then three takes of the two shot of both of them, right? That's like a typical conversation scene shot for TV. Um, and every time it cuts back and forth between them, every time it goes back to Buffy, her bag straps in a completely different place. And it's one of those things, it's not a big deal. But it's clearly every time she's done a take, the bag straps landed in a different place. So every time it comes mm-hmm. back and forth, it's moving, and it's not, it's not a big deal. But Jurassic Park, there's entire like like cliffs appearing <laughs> in locations that didn't have cliffs. This, yeah, this is not like a mistake. This yeah. is something like oh, the audience won't care. <laughs> yes, yes, they've made choices because they want to do something. Um, yeah, it's more exciting if it's edited this way. So we're just gonna hope that no one notices. Yes. And you know, if like I said, if I was watching this for the first time, I probably would have. I I like to think I noticed the the change where the fall appears. I think that one's so big that I think I would notice that. I don't know. It's such an exciting scene. Yeah, so yeah maybe I'd just be in awe of the dinosaurs and what's going on, and you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, so then we have the sweet scenes where they they sleep in a tree. They go up to the tree to hide from the dinosaurs, and both kids snuggle into Alan and like they like he's making you know uh, he's telling them jokes. What do you call a blind dinosaur? Uh, do you think he saw his Rex or whatever it was? <laughs> um, uh, do you think a saurus? That's that's what it was. Do you think he saw us? And then what's his dog? Do you think a saurus Rex? Um, and he's like, hey, I promise I'll stay awake. He's like, hey, what happens if the dinosaurs come? He's like, oh, I'll stay awake. And they're both snuggling into him. And it's just again, it's it's this. Him being the yeah. father figure and being the good dad. And all night? All night. All night. All night. Yeah. Until, of course, they get interrupted by the brackets. Cut to the morning and every, all of them are passed out. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> just passed out too. Um, but we get the great scene where it's the big cow dinosaur, as as uh, <laughs> as Tim calls it. And she's like, oh, can I, can I, can I touch it? Is it? Yeah, of course you can. And then it sneezes at her. And... I love how it cuts to Tim going, oh great, she'll never try anything new ever again. <laughs> like She was going to do it once, she was going to touch the big dinosaur and got covered in mucus. Yeah, they have good sibling chemistry. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, Alan finds the eggs that proves that Malcolm is right. Proves that, because he talks about how some frogs can change gender and they use frog DNA to like fill in the blank spots. So because of that, some of the dinosaurs have started to breed. Life mm-hmm. found a way. Can't control nature. Can't mm-hmm. play God. Cannot. Cannot play God. 
Um, and you know, obviously that's a central theme of the movie is the hubris. And it's somewhere in here as well during the night where we get the scene with uh, Hammond and Ellie and, you know, he's like, oh, next time it'll, you know, too, too much automation. Next time it'll be perfect. Next time it'll, everything will be correctable immediately. Everything will be, you know, di- in different systems so we can like, if one thing breaks down, we can blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. she's like, what? No, no, none of this is going to work. This was never going to be safe. And, you know, I, I get caught in the magic of this place, but you have to accept that this was never going to happen. Yeah. It's a really somber scene. I, I do love that we see the merchandise that's on the shelves for the gift shop that they're presumably going to have. Although I do mm-hmm. I do love that in Jurassic Park, like they've got one building, there's one gift shop, one hotel, but when you go to Jurassic World, there's like an entire like mall like sort of court with like Starbucks and <laughs> margarita Subway and, and Yeah. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong, it, that's realistic. I I I don't want to like make fun of Jurassic World for that because that's actually super realistic that that would happen. But Oh yeah. Coca-Cola presents or something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense it would expand as time goes on as well. Um but yeah, so and then you know we get the whole gallon. Yeah, it is a nice it's a good scene, it is very somber. All the ice cream is melting. Mm-hmm. And so you just see like this huge display that's clearly meant for a lot of people and it's just all for not, like it's all going away. It reminds me <laughs> in a way of have you ever seen those videos like where they go where people go like beyond the uh DMZ into North Korea? And like they'll sit down at a hotel or something and they'll have all of these in the restaurant area. They'll have all these tables and every table has a setting and every table has lettuce on it. But it's just like three people sitting there and it's just all a show. Like, look how much food we have. And I don't know. It was reminding me of that. <laughs> I'm going to miss something. But really, it's all it's all wasted. It's all going to waste. It's sad. I'm going to admit something slightly embarrassing is that there's a comic called DMZ and I, I've never read it, obviously I already know this, but <laughs> I, I never realized what it stood for. Well, it for. stands for Yeah, no, so. I, no I, I get what it means, but I only I only just clicked in my head what it stood for when you used it in the context of North Korea. Because oh. I, cause, <laughs> I, I know about the demilitarized zone. So you said, you know, beyond yeah. the DMZ and I went, oh, it stands for the demilitarized zone. <laughs> yeah. I never, I never knew that I don't before. Know. It was kind of reminding me like that of that, like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> uh, they have these great expectations, and here everything's just going into the trash. But he talks about how you know he did the, the flea circus; it was all an illusion. But with this place, I wanted something that was real, something that you could reach out and and touch. Like you know, he's, he's doing his whole thing, um, and it's actually you, you understand them. Like I think as much as. The point of this mm-hmm. is not to play God. I think you sympathize with him and understand why he wanted to do what he was doing. Because um, yeah. unlike some of the others, unlike like, the whole playing God thing, even though he's doing that to achieve what he's doing, it never sounds like he wants to just play God for the sake of playing God. It sounds like he wanted to genuinely... He's not, he's not a scientist or anything like that. He yeah. He's not obsessed with whether they can do it. He's just... He wants to bring wonder to the world. Yeah. Um, which is maybe something that someone like Spielberg can like relate with because you know he's the Definitely. guy who made E.T. and you know Close Encounters and stuff, so uh, it makes sense. Well, this is our second Spielberg movie. Just I just realized that. <laughs> yeah. Which means and that won't be our last because he's done a few sci-fi's. Yeah, but I just realized our third will be The Lost World, which is like <laughs> not to spoil my thoughts on the Lost World around. <laughs> yeah. Coming soon. <laughs> Why do you put Vince Vaughn in a movie? <laughs> why'd you put Vince Vaughn in a movie that's worse to live by um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure he's been finding a couple of things in the right roles but yeah 
Lost World and the Psycho remake, which, you know, were pretty close together, was not a good period for Vince Vaughn. <laughs> no sorry. Not a good period at all. Your dodgeball's okay. Well, I do love dodgeball. <laughs> dodgeball is one of my, like, my, like, most pleasant surprises of, like, that decade. I, yeah. I went to dodgeball not ex- crashes, I kinda like not expecting to like it and I was I was laughing the whole time and I'm really fussy with comedies I think a lot of you know mainstream comedies are just like kind of annoying to me but dodgeball made me laugh a lot so credit where credit's due you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball I do love that line although I love even more than that the actual physical throwing a wrench at Justin Long's head immediately after Probably the funniest moment in the, the whole movie. Anyway, uh, so Gran and the kids are making their way through the park and the Galamangus scene comes in, uh, the one where you've said to me multiple times that all you can see is the cones in their eyes <laughs> from, yeah. from where they're, they're running to. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen the making of stuff on the DVD, yeah. 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 Because they're, they're tracking their eye lines so they know where to put the dinosaurs so they're all matches. Um. Which is cool. Um, the more interesting stuff in this, though, because obviously they eventually get to an electric fence. So to set up the other side of this, which is basically the others are trying to get the systems back online. So Samuel L. Jackson, despite um, his best efforts to say that they shouldn't do this, they're arguing well that they should just turn everything off and turn it back on again, because <laughs> that'll fix everything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they finally called tech support and yeah. got the right answer. <laughs> the IT department, we tried turning it off and on again. I don't know why that English accent. I can't do an Irish accent for for uh, Crystal Dowd. Um, are you are you familiar with the IT Crowd? Do you know what I'm referencing? No, I've never seen it. Oh, uh, it's a it's a great sitcom. Uh, but the same guy who invented or invented uh, created uh, Father Ted, which is a, an, actually an Irish sitcom full of Irish characters. Whereas IT Crowd's uh, just got one Irish character, and then it's got Richard Iowadi as uh, the other character, and uh, mm. uh, Jen's there, and it's a really good little sitcom. So it's, the whole, the whole thing's only about 25 episodes, so if anyone wants to binge it, if you can get access to it, um, go for it. Um, but that was, that was, that's what I was referencing. Anyway, so it kind of works, but they have to like go and manually turn on all the systems on again, back at, over in like, this, con- this like, power control yeah, room. Yeah, like, uh, like shorts of breakers or something, they yeah, have to turn them all on. It's basically like an industrial-sized breaker, because I was sort of laughing at it, because when Ellie gets to it, it was this big pump thing she has to do for us, she has to crank this thing, and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is just a huge breaker, but with like, you know, way more juice and <laughs> like buttons on it. Yeah, way more <laughs> dramatic tension. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so that becomes kind of the mission. In, Jackson disappears, so Ellie's going to go with uh, Muldoon, and because the, they're hiding in like a bunker now and Muldoon breaks out the shotguns and there's a couple of moments here I love because you know Malcolm's like lying on the table injured uh, with his leg bandaged mm-hmm. up and I love a the, the line about Disneyland breaking every, nothing worked at Disneyland when it opened in 1956 and Malcolm's like yeah but when Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down the pirates don't eat the guests <laughs> yeah that's a great line it kind of reminds me a bit of Westworld also which is another Crichton Oh, yeah. Westworld Westworld is just the plot of Jurassic Park but with robots instead of dinosaurs does it change your viewing of Jurassic Park after watching Westworld um no curious. not really because this one's much better dra- dra- I think Westworld is a great like proof of concept but the TV mm-hmm. show is much better the TV show takes it oh and the TV t- show's you know, great turns it into like a really dramatic good good storytelling I think Jurassic Park mm-hmm. is a much better made movie um, it has more heart to it but 
because because westworld the movie like you don't care about any characters in that it's, it's you're, you're very detached to everything as it's happening like the main character neil brenner well he's he's the robot he doesn't really care about him he's just kind of he's kind of like a prototype terminator but nowhere near as good obviously oh yeah. i love Neil brenner i haven't seen the westworld though I don't dislike what real Brenner is. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's the movie. That's just, uh, he's only as good as the movie makes him. If I that makes it. sense. But, he's uh, no Arnold. He's no Arnold, no. Um, <laughs> Arnold should be in a Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> Get down! Get down! It's the- vision based on movement. <laughs> the Tyrannosaurus. I can't even. How can you say Tyrannosaurus Rex in Arnold's voice? I need to hear him say it before I could even yeah, try it. Tyrannosaurus Rex! <laughs> <laughs> The T-Rex is coming! Move! <laughs> um, Everybody go! <laughs> but the other, the other moment here I love, which is really great, is um, so Ellie's getting the walkie-talkies and Muldoon's getting the shotguns and there's a moment where Hammond kind of pushes and goes, well, I mean, maybe I should go because I'm a... and you're a... and she's kind of like, oh, come on. We can talk about sexism <laughs> yeah. and, and dramatic you know, moments when we get back. And what I love about this is that he's trying to be chivalrous and he's trying to be the hero. And I'm like, dude, you're like 17, you've got a walking stick. Of She is clearly, physically the capable one who should be going on this mission, right? If if you were yeah, both the same like age... Yeah, 23 or something. <laughs> yeah. If you were both the same age and peak physical condition, maybe you could argue you should go instead of her. But in your current state, no way. <laughs> You're old. Right. <laughs> Plus, it's it's a nice little character moment for her because she really doesn't get a whole lot. I mean, she gets she gets some great scenes. Yeah. But for the most part, like, uh, she doesn't she doesn't get to do as much. So it's nice for her to have this like one character moment. That's like, uh, yeah. Look, I'm I I work in a field that's mostly men. Like, it's this isn't a big deal. I can do this. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like it's a good little... It's the sort of thing I never noticed as a kid, but as an adult I kind of appreciate, is like, him, not not in a bad way, but there's just this sort of like little moment of like, hey, I, I'm the man, I should go, because it's, it's, it's you know not nice to make, put you in a dangerous situation. <laughs> um, which, you know, is sexist, but well-spirited sexism, I suppose, if I if said name it. It's just generational. Yeah, yeah, it's a very old school thing. Um, mm-hmm. I am more than happy for Tara to take the bullet from me if, if the occasion comes, comes to it. Ah, shucks. <laughs> I'll take a bullet for you too. It's, it's equal. If I see the bullet coming first, I'll jump in front. This is what this podcast has brought. Yes. A bodyguard. <laughs> oh, there's a joke I really want to make, but it's not for on air uh, statements. <laughs> I'll tell you it okay. later. <laughs> All right. All right. Bonus bit. Uh, well, not an actual Suspect. bonus bit. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so Ellie goes. We get a great scene where she's like following the pipes and like you know Hammond because it sets up early on. You know, Hammond has that moment where he's like, "I really hate that man." Uh, where uh, Malcolm's like, "You know, is, is there any dinosaurs on your dinosaur tour?" And he's like tapping the camera. So it sets up how they feel about each other, uh, and not only that, just everything Malcolm said about th- this place being immoral and being a bad idea and yada yada. <laughs> But I love that even when they're like sort of sitting there with the schematics to this building and they're talking to Ellie, they're bickering over who should be doing it. <laughs> and like Hammond's like, I don't yeah. hurt I don't hurt any schematics. And then he's like, No, 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 give me that. Like, uh, follow the pipes. There's pipes in the ceiling. Like, follow the cables. Um and we get the whole tense thing where she's flipping on the buttons and all that, and uh the, the electric fence is coming on and Tim's up top and uh it's like, you know, big moment. 
he's afraid of heights now because of the car in the tree. Which is fair. I think I think that was traumatic mm-hmm. enough to justify that he'd be skittish about it now. Um, I think so too. That said, I do think that an alarm saying this is about to turn on would probably quicken my <laughs> quicken my movement rather than put me into shock. shock. But you know, yep. To each their own. <laughs> to each their own. Well, he's a kid; you can't really put too much blame on him. Yeah, um, but he gets shocked and they wake him up. Um, and again, look at Alan the way he really cares. He's giving him mouth to mouth. He's like, "Come on, Tim! Come he's on!" He's about to climb the fence too, yeah. but right beforehand. And he's like, "Good boy, good boy." When he like wakes up, uh, kind of thing. Um, he really cares. This is, you know, it's it's, it's not like a super heavy art. Like, it's one of these things where this is not a deep movie. It's a really well executed B movie, much like Jaws, right? No, it's a, yeah, it's a survival film. Yeah. Much like Jaws, it is a B movie that is treated like an A film. And one of the things that's good about a good B movie is it'll give you just enough of a character thing to latch on to to make you care about them. And that's what this is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, this is not, um, you know, Sarah Connor's Ark in the Terminator. Or this is not um you know to, to pick just whatever you know pick a movie that has a really great like character arc that's, that's about something right this isn't really that obviously it's got Brody some themes being afraid of the water <laughs> you know but it's it's got just enough of this father figure this 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 family dynamic and the, the god playing stuff that it gives it just enough to make it feel like it's, like it's got some meat to it without it being you know overbearing yeah. it's still just an adventure movie. it's a fun adventure movie it's what it is what it is uh, yeah, I mean, you have enough of the deep theme when it comes to should the park even exist. Yes. Um, this is just something for the characters that we are supposed to latch on to. Oh, I forgot to mention, before, it works. when Ellie and Muldoon get separated, though, before they, she goes into the whole power place, um, I love them being like, we're being hunted. And then he's like, right, run right now. I've got it. Right. But what I love about the whole scene, obviously I love the clever girl line. It's a really great moment. But what I love about that scene where he's tricked is that if you actually pay attention in this film, you'll know this is going to happen because this is exactly what Alan describes. Alan Grant describes this in the like the, his opening scene, his first scene. He yeah. describes how they hunt, and it's so it's not a cheap thing. It's not a cheap like horror movie thing because there's like, there is actually a lot of cheap stuff in this movie as far as like uh, the Velociraptors kind of being like Michael Myers, where they just kind of appear and like you know they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're a bit like slasher villains, but they're they're somehow very quiet until it's jump out time and so on and so on. Yep. Even the T-Rex is guilty of that later, despite the fact that the entire movie was setting up that he can't walk around without ripples of water happening and thuds. Because right. um, he shows up like a ninja at the end. But uh, but this, this one is not cheap. This one is set up at the start of the movie, that this is how they hunt. So I like that. I like that it's set up. So Yeah, me too. Um, I also love that I when, definitely noticed that. Yeah. Um, one of the viewings many, many years ago. Sure. <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. Mm-hmm. You, you this, may, this may shock you, Tara, but I actually do consider you to be a fairly intelligent individual. <laughs> I found the one connection in the film. <laughs> All right, that I watched a hundred times. So I also I love that when T- uh, Tim and Lex get back to the the center. Uh, well, Alan goes to find Ellie and meets up with them. I love that he just sees the buffet table and he's like, because when you think about it, they've been out all night without food. Mm-hmm. It makes it, and not only have they been out all night yeah, without food, it's like been, a buffet table just full of desserts. Yeah, but not only have they been out all night without food, they've been out all night running around and climbing and like they've been doing a lot of physical oh, yeah. activities. And back from the dead, I mean, <laughs> they're probably pretty wore out. Pretty yeah, they're, they're starving. So, you know, they're. they're, they're um 
And I do like the Jello moment. I mean, I, I hate Jello. Uh, I think food that moves on its own is, is despicable and should not be touched and or not be trusted, rather. But it's just sugar. But I do love her shaking and the Jello shaking because mm-hmm. she's seen the, the Velociraptor. It's a beautiful moment. I I have a, a problem with green Jello. Like, why that flavor? <laughs> what is green, green flavor? Green is clearly the worst flavor, what unless is, what... it's key lime. Okay, what does green Jello normally taste like? Lime. Lime, usually okay. lime okay well the other flavors I guess it could be green apple but uh it seems like a stretch okay all right so obviously everyone talks about the kitchen scene being the scariest thing in the movie and the velociraptor stalking the, the aisles of the kitchen and... it's so well done it's so well directed oh, like if there's going to be an argument from anyone that jurassic park's kind of a horror movie and i, I wouldn't say this... it is but i would say this scene and then a little this a, little, a couple of the introduction scenes are kind of tonally horror-esque. Even the scene where the lawyer goes to the digger and looks at the... The end of that scene when they're looking at the close-up of the mosquito um, feels very... Like the, the music feels very horror-esque, the way it kind of switches to the next scene. So there's a few mm-hmm. little horror bits here or there uh, as, as you go. Speaking of horror bits... <laughs> <laughs> Tara's cat's a little monster. Um... So, you know, we, we get the chase, we get the whole reflection bit with the, the Velociraptor hitting his head. Um, we get the, the, the raptors opening the door by themselves. Actually, you know my favourite thing about the, the raptors coming in the room is I love that when they're up against the little window, uh, the breath, like, hitting, like, you're steaming yeah. up the glass. That's such a good little little touch. It is. It just, oh, was that CGI? No, that was, a, that was a practical head and the steam would have it's been... practical head, but it's the breath. Like fogging up the glass. Nah, they've been pumping something out to do it, I'm sure. Um, but what, what I love about that, because like you say, it's a great little touch, and I think it is a touch, because I can totally see like them doing this moment without the breath, and just having the head up at the window and it being kind of alright. But that breath really sells it as breathing and living, and it yeah. really completes the package. So, really Agreed. good. Really good. Um, speaking of breath. Oh. <laughs> really there. We're nearly there. Yeah. We're almost, <laughs> at, the, we're almost at the Jurassic Age. Um, so, obviously, uh, they escape and uh, they lock them in for a bit. Uh, the adults show up, uh, Grant and, and Ellie, and uh, they, they they go into the rafters. They're running from the, the raptors. Actually, before they get into the rafters, they get a computer room first. And I'm going to complain about Tim for a second here because there's a whole moment here where Ellie and Grant are holding the door back because the raptors try to get in. And Grant and Ellie are trying to get to the shotgun with their foot, right? And whilst mm-hmm. this is going on, uh, like Lex is at the computer and says, oh, I can... And it's this ridiculous virtual like city of files, which is so stupid. But she's like, I can turn the, the locks back on. She's trying to do that. So fair enough. Tim is just standing behind her watching what she's doing. I'm like, hey, Tim, why? Because there's, there's actually a line. There's a line from uh, uh, Ellie saying, I can't reach the shotgun without moving. And all I could say is, hey, Tim, how about you walk over there <laughs> and <laughs> kick the shotgun over to her? <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> yeah. Also, she's like holding the door from the hinge side, which mm. like is a horrible decision. Yeah, yeah, she's not really contributing much. But even if she is, Tim's free. Tim can go over and hand her the gun. And I know we don't necessarily like the visual of kids holding guns, but all he's doing is handing it to her in a dire situation. We can let it go. Just, like, kick it to her. Yeah, Yeah, kick it to her, yeah. That'll do. That'll do. So, uh, but anyway, they get the lock on, and they go through the ceiling uh, to try and get... And obviously, the the raptors start poking their heads through, and uh, they have to... 
come down onto the scaffolding where the the, the skeletons are hanging the big t-rex skeleton and the uh, brachiosaurus skeleton and they're dangling as the, I, I love the visual of the one raptor who jumps and is like dangling with mm-hmm. them it just looks it looks so messy because it's like everything think, starts spinning yeah it's, it's, it's like a cat it's like a cat who jumps up somewhere and it's like and as soon as they land like oh no, this was a bad idea yeah and they're clawing <laughs> you know really good I'm holding my remote because my TV was going to turn off a minute ago. So I so I used it to stop it from turning off and now I've just got it in my hand. I'm just going to put it down. Uh, <laughs> not my hands. <laughs> we can move on. Um, <laughs> so, um, and this is where the T-Rex saves them because they're getting cornered by two raptors and the T-Rex comes in somehow unheard <laughs> yeah. to make a save. This was a, a later change. Because yes. the storyboards show that the that the head of the T Rex falls and kills one of the raptors. I think the actual like skeleton mm. like they're saved by the skeleton, which is kind of a neat thing that they're paleontologists and even though they're out of job or out of out of work now. But <laughs> I mean they're still saved by the skeletons. It's, it's kinda cool. It's a neat touch. But as I understand it, but, someone said to Spielberg, people will be mad at you. But if... the T Rex is the coolest yeah. part and we need to see it one more time, right? Yeah. Uh I think I would have liked to have seen this the the fossil part. And then just when they leave the island, just show the T Rex one more time. Sure, yeah, cut back to the kinda of like Jurassic World does. It would make more sense. Jurassic World goes back to the T-Rex for one final shot at the end of World. Mm-hmm. You can just do that, yeah. Um, but at the same time, though, I get what, you know, whoever the producer, whoever it was, who said to him, you have to show the T-Rex one last time or people will be upset. The kids will be upset. It is pretty, pretty cool shot. Yeah. And, there's some, and I think there's something <laughs> to be said. with the banner coming down. And I think there's something to be said that even though the T-Rex was really menacing earlier, that it doesn't seem as vicious as the raptors. The raptors are clearly presented as the most vicious of the, the species, right? And yeah. I think there's something neat about the T-Rex, even if it's accidental, being the hero at the end <laughs> and saving them from the Velociraptors, even though he was the dangerous part earlier on and he's the one who was going to eat them. Like, there's something kind of nice about it. And, you know, seeing him roar is that when the dinosaurs rolled the Earth banner, falls down uh, in a ripple. You know, mm-hmm. really nice. <laughs> I agree. Sorry. That's My like cat. A, yeah, she cat's been a monster. Yes, we're, we're aware. He really is. Um, so, and obviously you have that line as they get out where he's like, I, after careful consideration, Mr. Hammond, I have decided not to endorse your park. And he's like, so have I. <laughs> yep, we uh, have some uh, a full arc for Hammond. Yes. Um, it's, it's Emmy Grant, because once on the helicopter, he's got the kids sleeping on him, and like, Ellie's just sort of smiling at him like, hey, you bonded with the kids. Mm-hmm. You're putting a kid in me. And you know it, and then and then three. We're getting the baby. Then three throws it out the window. But um, I do actually have a question though. I never really thought about. It. Maybe there's a line that explains it. But who's flying the helicopter? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think there may be a line once they get the phones back on that Hammond calls for it. So maybe the, the helicopter comes with the pilot. But it was just something mm-hmm. that maybe I missed that this viewing. But I just I, they I was... pan in and it's another Velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, I was thinking about it as we're flying. I'm like, wait. Just when they thought they've escaped the island. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's actually there's a line of dialogue at one point where the dinosaurs will all die if they don't get this certain drug every like six weeks. And yeah. they just kind of like gloss That's over that in the second too. one. Yeah. They just kind of gloss over it and say, ah, life found a way, whatever. <laughs> life found a way. Yeah, exactly. Way. Uh, the one thing we didn't mention, we didn't mention uh, Nedry's little uh, journey when he left them. 
uh, his demise. Yeah, that's true. Where he gets lost. I, I actually think it's kind of, they never really explained this in the movie. I don't think why he's going the way he's going, but he opens the big gate into the park, goes through the road in the park, and then goes through one of the electric fences. And I'm like, why is he going through the dangerous part of the park anyway? That seems like a silly move. And if and I, if, I think he's trying to find a shortcut because he's out of time and yeah, the boat's leaving. That's probably right. But here's a question: Why? So once he gets beyond the gate and beyond the electric gate, he he ends up losing his way because of a of a road sign that's knocked over, and he has to he, he points it in the wrong way. Why is there a road sign here if it's like in the private part of the park where the dinosaurs are? I mean, there's still people who use the the those areas. Like he could be in an area like where we saw in the beginning. Okay, or maybe he's in an area because we have like the the medic guy who we meet at one point with the Triceratops. Maybe it's for them mm-hmm. going around. Okay, I'll accept that. And I mean, with the fences down, the Dilophosaurus could you know get into other parts of the park. Sure, sure. Uh, that's one that's pretty creepy actually. I get it. The, the whole shrieking thing with the the the, uh, the peacock style mm-hmm. oh peacock yeah yeah kind of peacock yeah kind of peacock yes yeah, it's like a some kind of lizard that does it right the... yeah and it shoots uh like not ink but like whatever it's shooting at them that's natural poison yeah some kind of ven- venomous foam yeah. but it is inky in color yeah it's uh it, yeah it's a really disturbing scene and if you ever you know get the chance to to read the book it's it's one of my favorite chapters because it described like Crichton's really good at describing death and like he describes exactly what Nedry is feeling as he's like dying and it's, it's actually quite a, a fascinating read even if you read like the last couple of paragraphs in the chapter it's really good you're making me want an R-rated cut of Jurassic Park oh we could do the R-rated cut of Tammy yeah. and the T-Rex which came out like a year after this <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> i don't know what to expect uh paul walker is uh i guess his brain put inside that t-rex not a real t-rex obviously but like a animatronic <laughs> t-rex so then he's in a t-rex and denise richards his girlfriend helps him <laughs> on an adventure or something i've never seen the whole an movie r-rated adventure i've seen i've seen clips but the basically it was originally shot as an r-rated movie and then they recut it for pg-13 and just this year they released the R-rated cut on Blu-ray and like in a mm. limited theater release. So, yeah, I think you've told me about it. I guess we have to do it. It sounds insane. Um, there's a clip of uh, him, like uh, Paul Walker T-Rex, using a phone at one point, and it's it's so good. He, it's like you can tell someone's just got like a glove on and they're pretending to be the T-Rex's arm, <laughs> even though the T-Rex's arms don't might be that long to like reach the the phone dial. It's, I don't know. It's really bad. Anyway. Um, so yeah, you know, the movie ends with the helicopter going out into the sunset or whatever, and you know John Williams' music takes us home, and that's the end mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, as an experience when I saw it as a kid, I don't even really remember the experience because I was four, but yeah, it's sort of something that's just been in my life, my you know the whole time. Like it's always been there in my life. Yeah. Um, and that's just what it is. And I remember too. I remember there was a a girl in front of me who I had no idea who she was. She turned around at, and told myself and my brother and my mom that this movie's too scary for us, <laughs> even though she's clearly the same age as us. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny because it's one of the, the few movies, because I remember the theater I used to go to when this came out, because the like all the big multiplexes, I mean, there's probably some maybe in the, the bigger city areas at the time, uh, but like mm-hmm. my town 
got its multiplex um in 97 so before 97 i was seeing movies in this like two screen theater um because mm-hmm. uh, i remember the first thing i ever saw in the multiplex i think was the fifth element i want to say but i could be wrong so you know i rem- i have more vivid memories of seeing lost world in jurassic park 3 and and jurassic world even obviously because that was much more recent but like i remember seeing two and three more vividly because i was a little bit older you know that i could remember it but because mm-hmm. um, I remember seeing three, I, I went to like the, the 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 early preview on the Wednesday or whatever it was. Cause I was seeing it kind of early. Like my cousin took me. I remember feeling kind of cool. I was like, "Oh, I've seen Jurassic Park three early." Um, but, <laughs> nice. um, like, but one has just kind of always been part of my life, and you know, dinosaurs seemed really cool at the time, and they're still cool. Like, I, I'm not saying I don't like dinosaurs oh, yeah, now. Definitely they're great, but um, um, I've I've heard that people say this before, and I would agree that this is you know my star wars when i mm-hmm. when it came out it was the movie that you saw and you went i didn't know movies could do that and it, it made made this whole world that you just wanted to go back to and see more of and you know they don't do it quite as successfully in the future unfortunately but yeah it, it's so yeah i guess i guess i've never thought about it but i guess this is kind of my star wars in that sense um, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of anything in the next couple of years after that maybe is a better fit for me because I was maybe just a bit too young to really appreciate it in that sense. But I can't think of anything from like '95, '96. I mean, maybe something like Independence Day. <laughs> Not just because Jack Goldblum's in it, but just because I was a couple of years older. You know, mm. it was just enough that I can remember it more vividly. But yeah, wasn't it just a year later? No, Independence Day was '96, so it was three years later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, honestly, my Star Wars was probably the Power Rangers movie. Let's be honest. <laughs> 95, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kimberly Hart. Is it the one where the Green Ranger becomes the White Ranger? I was in a TV show. I wasn't in the movie. I don't remember. <laughs> I know you were a Power Rangers fan. Why, why are you looking at me as if I'm like a weirdo? I was... A Power Rangers fan for like the very first year that it came out <clears throat> in America. Sure. And uh, I I don't think I watched it past season one. I watched uh, all the Mighty Morphin years, and I saw a little bit of Zio, which was like the fourth year. But that was where I mm-hmm. stopped watching. That was where I fell away. Part- and you forever hated anime after that. <laughs> Yes, I did not enjoy anime. I never did. But see, when Dragon Ball Z and like Pokemon were like big and like kids were obsessed with them, I was like, "This looks like shit. Why are people into this? I don't get it." Yeah, I never. I always had a Game Boy. For some reason, I just skipped Pokemon. Yeah. I don't know how. I just. I don't know. Never even heard of it until like the card game became more popular. Yeah, and every so often I'll try something. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll you know, and. Honestly, once it did kind of work out, when me and Cara did Ghost in the Shell, the animated movie, I was like, okay, I actually didn't mind that. That was not bad. But for the most part, I'm not into it. You know, I tried Persona 5 a couple of weeks ago, and, like, it was just so anime. Like, it was just so anime. I'm good. Yeah. Leave me alone. I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying Death Stranding, which is, you know, very Japanese. Uh, but oh, also, like, a fan... Like it's clearly made by a fan. Oh sure. Who loves everything? For, for the record, though, I love I love <laughs> a lot. I love a lot of Japanese stuff. I I love obviously Godzilla. I love Japanese horror movies. Oh, I yeah. love classic Japanese cinema, like uh, Kurosawa, obviously, uh, samurai mm-hmm. movies. So 
Um, my my, my uh, tearing apart of anime has nothing to do with my the, the rest of Japan's culture. It's just anime I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, some things just don't translate very well. I had friends who were really into it. They're like, you'll love this one. It's hilarious. And then I'll watch it and go, this is not funny. Like, <laughs> the joke is lost in translation. <laughs> you say it's lost in translation, but there's so many like Western fans of anime. Like It's such a big thing in certain groups. They were laughing. <laughs> I didn't get it. So into it. It's, it's so bizarre. Um, but that's okay. I'm okay being, a, being the odd one out. If that is mm. indeed what I am. I I feel like we are a particular breed of nerd us because we're we're very similar nerds and that we like a lot of the same types of thing right you know between movies mm-hmm. and TV and whatever so we're really nerdy to, probably on on the more slightly more extreme end of the scale but we're we're nerds who really don't like anime because I feel like a lot of people yeah, who are we definitely had our lunch money stolen from us <laughs> like I feel like a lot of nerds who are as nerdy as we are or even not as nerdy as we are you expect to be into anime. Like, I think mm-hmm. if someone said, like, do you think I'm into anime talking to me? They'd look, take one look at me and go, yeah, probably. And I'd be like, F, F you. Like, how dare you? How dare you? But hey, whatever. That's Jurassic Park. Attack on Titan. <laughs> Akira. So cool. Sailor Moon. Uh, like, I, I had to watch, like, the last 30 seconds of it sometimes because it would come on before a show I wanted to watch. And every time, I'd be like, I hate this show. <laughs> I tried watching uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and the only reason why I tried watching that is because the only two movies on the top 100 sci-fi movies via IMDb that I've not seen are two Neon Evangelion movies. So I wanted mm-hmm. to understand it so I could watch them and finish the list. And I watched like the first two episodes of the TV show, the animated series, and... I was like, said, nope. I can't do this. I just can't do it. <laughs> I just can't do it. I mean, think about it. Like, I was, I was a kid. Cartoons were the greatest thing, and I still could not just sit down and watch Sailor Moon. I would have watched. I watched gummy bear cartoons, and I couldn't watch Sailor Moon. I mean, no, I mean, I watched cartoons. I mean, I watched like I, I liked all, all older Hanna Barbera stuff. I love Scooby Doo and like Wacky Races mm-hmm. and uh, whatever, and obviously some of the one, you know, Tom and Jerry and so on and so on. Um. But like, yeah, like, I don't know. Anime just doesn't do it for me. It's weird. I I never, I always I always kind of prefer live action though. Generally speaking, as a as a medium, even as a kid, like I, I was always more into like like yeah Power Rangers or Turtle. Oh, Turtle Turtles wasn't that. Well, the movies were live action, but you know, I mean Batman the animated series. That was a good animated series. Princess Shira, <laughs> He Man. Um, I watch those a lot. He Man um, was never big, was... big thing here. No. No, He Man was never really translated across. The... Same with GI Joe. GI Joe was never a thing. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't know about He Man though. He Man like is its own thing. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It just never really did. Um... It's not really attached to any culture. <laughs> I don't you know. Um, I mean, it was probably on at some point, but it was never big. It was never, it never like broke through as a success. Mm. You ready to rate this son of a bitch? <laughs> yeah, like, we'll do a tangent. I don't know. I can't, not a couple of minutes. That could be a bonus, but maybe it still will be a bonus. But I don't know. I'll see how long it was. Um, Peter and Tara hate on anime. 
um, so Jurassic Park is a magical film it's a big part of my childhood and unlike Terminator where there's Terminator 2 to talk about unlike some of the other things that we could have had where Star Wars has Empire and Jedi and arguably some of the later ones depending on your taste um, unlike uh, Planet of the Apes which arguably like the newer trilogy came in and even got better than the original film Jurassic Park even if we enjoy some of the sequels and you know I, I enjoy I have I find enjoyment in, in a fair bit of them um, none of them compare to the first one no, nothing nothing after this one when we do these sequels is going to even remotely touch just these sheer uh, like sense of discovery and adventure and everything that makes this movie work for what it is Mm-hmm. I agree. Excellent. All right. What would, you, what would you like to give Jurassic Park? Well, it's a it is a perfect film with that's full of flaws. <laughs> and I, I I know I'm I know I'm biased, but even the things about it that I think can be improved on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see a different version of this movie. I love this movie. It's a 10. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm conflicted because I think and before I have just said 10 without giving it much thought. And, you know, mm-hmm. I go through it and I'm not picking at it because I've seen it a bunch of times and I'm, I'm looking for things just to, like, you know, have something to talk about because I don't want to just sit and say it's great over and over again. And I think we did an okay job of, like, going into the themes and you know some of the maybe the things that don't work or, or mistakes or things like that um so I'm, I'm trying to argue with myself down to a 9.5 but ultimately it's the first movie i saw in the theater it's a damn near perfect adventure movie but <laughs> Go with your gut. I'm going to say 9.5. Okay. And my reasoning is that I think in the past I would have said I liked this more than Jaws. And Jaws was my number two Spielberg. I think they've swapped. And I think I'm going to say 9.5 because I think Jaws is a 10. I think that's Spielberg's 10. Uh, I don't think that's fair. Are you saying that they should both be tens? Are you saying to me? <laughs> well, I'm I'm saying that why why do they have to be? Why does one have to take the spot just because it's directed by the same guy? If they're both tens, then they're both. Oh, they can't they can be both tens. Like Hitchcock has two tens. Like you know, Kubrick has more than ten, two all tens. tens. <laughs> Not all tens. Not all tens. Right. How dare you? Like Full Metal Jacket, I love. <laughs> But like the first half is clearly cool a ten. Jacket, I love the yeah. I love the boot camp. The part. first half and then is a after ten. That, I don't remember what happened. And then the second half's like a seven. <laughs> and you forgive it because the first half is so good, but it it doesn't oh my stick. God, so good. Doesn't stick the landing. Um, but hey, I'll, I'll give you two thousand and one and Shining, and uh, the Kelly and Lolita. I'll give you those. I think Pass of Glory is a ten. I'll give it a nine. But it's great. It's definitely like it does, like the message of the movie and the the how brave it was to have an ending like that in a film at the time about war. So good. Yep. Anyway, yeah. Yes. So nine point five. 
It's great. Yeah, nine point five. Which, to be fair, on Letterbox, where you know I can't do the the point five. I can do half a star, but obviously it's only five stars. So each half stars, you know, one out of ten, if that makes sense. So on on Letterbox, I'll round it to five stars because it doesn't feel right to round it down. Like whether whether or not I round up or down to like you know the 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 full star half star, it just depends mm-hmm. what feels right per movie. And Jurassic Park is rounded up, but nine point five. Okay. So there you go. Pretty pretty great film. Yeah. If for some reason you've listened to us and you have not seen Jurassic Park, <laughs> highly recommend you watch it. Also, I'm making sure that if if you're looking at averages, this uh, goes below the Terminator, because Terminator was average of ten. This is an average of nine point seven five. Is that what this is about? You just want the Terminator to be number one? Yes, yes. Terminator's higher than Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, did we not give something think, else? Yeah, I think they're both tens. Did we not give something else a double ten at one point? I feel like we mm, did. I don't know. We gave two... Terminator 2, we both uh, gave 9.5, I think. Um, you gave a 10 to do the Arsenal still, but I gave it a 9. Mm-hmm. Was there something else we both give tens to? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember what movies we've done. Yeah, we're like we're like thirty six, thirty seven movies deep now. Something like that. Uh, so I don't know. Pull up Miles Fuzz. <laughs> Pull up the playlist. We'll be done. I feel there was something else we rated really highly. I I think there was. I mean, we've both given nines to a couple of movies. Yeah. Was it Wing Commander? <laughs> Tara, you funny. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Wing Commander, I guarantee it. Guaranteed? No. Okay. Yeah, I've given out three tens now. Yes. But we we've done some big films, and that's was bound to happen eventually. It's worth doing a big film but... every every bunch every few you know space it yeah, up yeah and maybe they're predictable i think some of the the nines are a little bit more unpredictable yes but uh, hey i mean one day though we'll get a new sci-fi movie that will blow us away and it'll actually be a shock to say hey i'm giving this a 10 i mean i think the day the earth still was that for me oh you hadn't seen that yeah, yeah that's a good point that movie totally blew me oh, to be fair like my, my nine for uh is foxy okay yeah she's just hacking over there yeah. okay girlfriend uh, my my name for uh, the day the earth caught fire. I mean that was one that I hadn't seen, and I was really impressed mm-hmm. with that film. So, you know. yeah, I gave uh, a nine to Time Crimes too. I really liked that one. Oh yeah, that's a really good movie. No, I'm glad you liked that. I'm glad I introduced that to you. Um, so yeah, uh, coming next week uh, on the, the Atomic Cinema Experiment is uh, one I have not seen, although I did see the TV pilot from about two years ago when they tried to redo this as a TV show. And that is Time After Time. So we're returning to time travel season next week. Oh, right. I've I'm, seen this movie, but it's been so, so long. I have never seen it. The TV pilot was terrible, but it was, you know, it was a CBS, like, you know, play up the this romance. This is how I learned about Jack the Ripper. Ooh. <laughs> so you were disappointed later on when you found out all the time travel wasn't, uh, wasn't part of it. <laughs> but that's what made it interesting (laughs) (laughs) you mean he just killed prostitutes aww (laughs) lame (laughs) oh dear so we get time after time next week 
make sure if you're a patron, we mentioned Patreon earlier, to go over to uh, uh, the, the patreon.com slash TV and make sure you vote if you're a $5 patron or above uh, in the next vote, which is up right now. Um, by the time this goes up, we'll, we'll probably be over actually, but um, it's all movies from the 50s that's up for vote right now. And then the, maybe the December vote's been put up and you'll have a new vote to go and vote on. Um, we don't even know what it is. We so. don't. And you guys know them more than we do. And I think me and Tara are going to have to talk about what our first countdown may have to be at the end of the year if we want to do a countdown to take in the new year. What? Yeah, so next week's time after time. Uh, so we mentioned Patreon already, of course. Uh, like, subscribe, ding the bell on YouTube um, to get notifications. Uh, comment and let us know what you think of Jurassic Park. Give us your childhood memories, what it means to you, because it probably does mean a lot to you. If you're A lot of you are in our age group or even older. Um, how did it blow you away? All that kind of thing. Um, and just one, one thing I know, actually, I was about to make is that, you know, when you watch Jurassic World, they're not using practical T-Rex heads at any point. They're not doing that mm-hmm. ever. That's all CG, because they'll just do that forever. And don't, don't get me wrong, the CG looks better now, but, like, they're not, they're not doing that. No, there is something that's lost now with CG. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, that We is... don't get our Stan Winstons anymore. No. You know. Uh, rest in peace, Stan Winston. That one heart. That one heart when uh, I found out he died. But hey. Yeah. There we go. Uh, that has been Jurassic Park. That has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Uh, not epic episode. We had a couple that were only about an hour. This one I knew was going to be longer because it's Jurassic Park. Uh, so it did not disappoint. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation uh, and uh, you want to see more and listen to more. So we'll see you next week for Time After Time. Um, and that is us. So uh, thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching sci-fi movies, guys. And computer, add salsa. Yum, yum.